You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE and ECW wrestler, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm Josh Chernoff, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what is up, man? We're off to a, an auspicious uh, start. Is that a word? <laughs> auspicious? It's a word. It's a word. I don't know if I'm using it correctly. Like uh, Inigo Montoya would say, you keep saying that word. Here's Aldo Montoya. Yeah, I almost said Aldo Montoya. <laughs> uh, shout out to PJ. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we had a had a little fun there before uh, we started here with the the Pod Squad who are in uh, watching the live. Yeah. And before your eyes, <laughs> uh, uh, something like that. Yeah, it. it uh, I've been watching a lot of Van Halen, so I try to bust out a David Lee Roth quote, and I, I <laughs> your naked steaming eyes or whatever the fuck he used to say. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're here, episode thirty four of Mind of the Meanie. Um, My fat cat laugh. That's allergies for you. It's like <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Meanie <laughs> I was gonna say those are my laughs when you when you fart into the microphone. Um, that's oh, I. dude. Shout out to Chef Mike for fucking putting the timestamps. Oh man, that. yeah. How awesome was that? Um, I fucking lost my shit. He posted he posted timestamp for uh, Spotify for YouTube for everything. This, for that. But hey, if you want to hear it, how about right now? There it was. <laughs> you put it in your rotator. <laughs> hit it. Hold on. Hit it again. Oh, yeah. Oh. I was like, I'm going to save this for the perfect time. and it, that, That's not <laughs> that even my it. best work. Yeah, no, that's, that's like, the yeah. thing, man. I So, okay, uh, one, <laughs> one of my best friends, Matt Mangle, we've talked about it many times before. Great, great um, name. Matt, yeah, great name. He had no choice but to wrestle. Um, so, Mangle, I was talking to him the other day, and he had this great idea for something that it like takes a little bit more work than... Uh, <laughs> that maybe I want to put in right now, but at some point we're going to do this. He's like, we should do uh, like a, almost like a game show type thing where our uh, listeners have to guess. Like we do like a, maybe four farts and <laughs> one of them is you and three of them are just stock <laughs> fart noises. Yeah. And people need to guess which one was just the fake stock fart and which one was actually Blue Meanie? 
I yeah. think for like when I move my studio upstairs, I'm gonna have because I could I got extra mics. I could just set up a fart mic. You got to. Yeah, have and to. just uh, yeah, and yeah. just uh, for like when because I was bla- like before I let that one out, I was fucking drilling my fucking couch. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we like, missed it, and we missed. Yeah, all there's of fucking sawdust underneath my fucking oh my, my my sofa from all the fucking farts, and I was just like. <laughs> Man, I got. That's why I cut you off mid sentence. I was like, oh, I got to do this. I got to. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, I've already been thinking about Mangle's idea, and I would say uh, we could call the segment "Guess the Gas." <laughs> find um, Meanie's fart. Find Meanie's fart. I love that. Uh, <coughs> smells like a fucking Doberman, John. Jesus Christ! Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, Meanie? Uh, how's everything congested, going? Congested, congested, man. Yeah, I can t- can't tell by my laugh. I'm good though. Yeah. We've been making progress in the uh, back room. Uh, where eventually, yeah, I mean, you moved to your basement. I'm going to be moving up to the back bedroom. Um, trying to figure out. Uh, shout out to Mrs. Meany. She's been doing a great fucking job, man. She yeah. uh, painted walls, put up some wallpaper. Uh, she put legs on the bed that used to be my mom's bed. So we levitate, put it up. We went out and bought cinder blocks for some extra reinforcements for my ass. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. You put legs on the bed, and then you had to put cinder blocks underneath? Well, here's how my stupid mind works, right? She put these four legs on there. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Me, knowing how destructive I am, you know, even back to my childhood doing the Jimmy Superfly snook a leap off the, my bed, I destroyed box springs my whole life. Sure. So my fear is I'll sit on the side of the bed, and they'll just go... Mm, so gotcha. we're like, so you want you need an extra support. You probably would have been fine with an extra leg. I don't think you need an entire cinder block. Eh. Like I know no, you're a big want, guy, but I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a big guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, hey, big guy. Um, that's an inside reference. I don't know if I talked about the lumberjack on the podcast before. Uh, but, uh, it sounds familiar. I just thought it was funny with the hand motion you're doing. Um, uh, we'll get back to the the bed, but okay. like I went to short. Long story short, went to uh, wrestling school at Al's. Of course, everybody knows. And there was a student who wrestled as lumberjack, and he was notorious. He was like big dude, big guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he would stand there, and he would fucking eye because he was like maybe. Six three, six four, and he's always eyeballing other guys to see if he was taller than him. It was like <laughs> he had a height envy. So he'd be like looking like, you know, for those on Patreon. You know, and then like you could see him putting his hand up to his thing like he's trying to get figure out, you know, how he is. He's like, Oh yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, big guy. You know, he's so, Canadian, so he's like big guy. You know So he was measuring in, in not in <laughs> inches, but hand like all right, so here's yeah. we're, we're, we're going to pause just to say Andy Slichter. Oh God! Not only do we need a a big guy shirt, um, big guy, go with the Canadian theme, the lumberjack theme. Let's see what we can come <laughs> up with. But we also need easy. He, he, we're still friends on Facebook, so I don't want to make it seem like I'm mocking the guy. You know, but you're not mocking him. You're trying to make money off of him. <laughs> yeah, not, you know. Yeah. Um, and then RJ, who was actually the one who made me think, he wrote, "There's a shirt idea." I thought he was talking about that, but RJ from our Patreon said, uh, box spring destroyer since 19, you know, whatever, destroying box springs since, you know, me doing, I don't know so. and me doing the fucking super fly off the dresser. Yes. I, I would, 
I would do the super fly <laughs> off my dresser, and you hear my grandfather go, Jesus Christ! <laughs> My my grandfather had the voice of like a fucking bullhorn. It just like he would yell something, and fucking you, you would you know recoil, and your you know your the fillings in your teeth would rattle. Just like oh, yeah. We went to the like we go to wrestling, and if somebody was standing on chair in front of us, go sit down. And it was just uh, I didn't do no justice, but like his voice just fucking punched you. You know, it's like <laughs> so I would do the super fly, jump off, and you hear the box spring go. <laughs> You hear Jesus Christ. Imagine like the father from a Christmas story in the basement when the, the furnace blew in your <laughs> No, no, man. <laughs> oh man. No. But uh yeah, so uh Tracy put the legs on there, beautiful legs. She reupholstered the side with this fake like imitation leather, pleather, whatever. Looks great. But I was afraid. I was like, man, I'm gonna sit on the side. So I haven't decided where I'm going to do a podcast. It's like sitting on the side of the bed, and you see the wall in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Well, you, s- or, you sent me a picture. It looks like yeah. even just nothing in there yet. It looks so cool. <clears throat> and uh, or I got I got four spectrum chairs too. I was like, how Philly would that be if I did my podcast sitting in the chair from the spectrum? That would you know? be amazing. Yeah. So that that, be they'll be there. Um, Especially no. just the idea of thinking that maybe. There is someone listening to the podcast who once sat in that chair at the Spectrum because who knows? And could just listen to could me have been defile the it with what's that? And just they're listening to me defile it yes. with a fart mic. Could have been the chair I sat in at. A, let's just lie and say Meanie has the chair from the Spectrum that I. No, wait, that was the Corsade Center. Never mind. All right, I was gonna say that I watched you at WrestleMania 15, but that was yeah. The Corsade. Yeah. Did I just call it the Corsade Center? It, well, it was the Corsair Center. I guess it was at the time. Wow, man. It, okay, so here's the history. It was Core State Center. Then the FU Center. First, yeah, which I wish I would have went to Austin and be like, hey, man, we're in the first Union Center, the FU Center. Yeah. Goddamn, Meanie, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, uh, I fed a fucking line to fucking Rock once and he used it. Yeah? Yeah, the fucking, uh, we were in... It was uh, uh, If You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I smell what he he fart he, he would fucking crop dust. Yeah, fucking rock would just crop dust you in fucking catering. He'd be sitting there having your meal. And he's sitting there with his brand new phone, whatever. He always had the top line mm-hmm. technology. And you're eating. You're like, oh, what the fuck? He turn around and he, you look at me. He would just go, <laughs> wow. So here's the, first of all, that's awesome yeah. uh, to hear. Secondly. That's back then. Can you imagine the shape he's in now, plus his age, the amount of protein he's intaking? Oh. It's got to be horrible. Oh, it's, it was horrible it, then. It has got to be horrific. Um, yeah, he was a, he was a No one ever talks about that. It's, oh, it's great to be on set with The Rock. Oh, we love DJ. You know, it's a... No. We, we love Dewey. Yeah. Dwayne. Du- Dwayne. But, yeah, dude, he uh, would just... Like... He, he, like he, that's the, like he was the perfect river because he would just sit there and wait like a, a hunter hunting a deer <laughs> in the fucking deer stand, you know, Jeez. just and Damn. just lay and wait and like you go, oh, what, what the fuck? Turn around and you look, you lock eyes with him and he would just break laughing. <laughs> but uh, wow. yeah, we we were in the fucking I want to say Louisville, Kentucky, whatever. And we're in the TV locker room, and uh, 
watching the show or he's he was doing something with Kane. And it was I we is a TV locker room where it's just a monitor. It's just they set it up if you want to do backstage skits, but they always have monitors and you can watch the live show. Mm-hmm. And the rock's sitting there and Russo's in there and I'm just sitting there minding my business and I was like, Why don't you do the fucking thing where you know, because he always talks with the voice box. Mm-hmm. When you go, my name is Kane. I'm a Rudy Poo candy ass. You came up with that one? I remember that. Yeah. And I that was just me ripping off Dennis Leary, you know. <laughs> Imagine a guy with a voice box going through the drive-thru at Wendy's. Are you making fun of me? No, I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so I was riffing off that. I was like, my name is Kane. I'm a Rudy Poo kid. Wow. And <laughs> fucking rock fucking started laughing and Russo looked at me as just like you know, chewing his gum you know uh, yeah bro and lo and behold they fucking did it I was holy shit that's awesome <laughs> yeah cause Man. you know I'm the parody guy yeah you know so parody you did that fucking you... the Dennis Leary fucking bit which he probably stole from Bill Hicks cause he's a jerk off <laughs> but uh <laughs> dude how do you really Dennis feel? Leary's No Cure for Cancer is Bill Hicks's greatest hits album. Yeah. Like every joke he's ever told. It's it's funny. I, Bill Hicks died and Dennis Leary stopped doing stand up, you know. So oh. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm breaking any uh, maybe, ground with that. Maybe it was an homage or homage. Yeah, it's too early for a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Let's try and knock one out of the park real quick. Yeah, right. 13 minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, but hey, yeah, gonna, uh, 13 um, minutes in the show, I'm going to crack one open. How's that sound? I got a, shit, I got a fun one here. La Croix. How do you say this? LaCroix? LaCroix. 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 Uh, Raz. Because there, isn't there an island, LaCroix? Or that's St. Croix? Mm, I don't know. I didn't ask <laughs> to claim that lived there. I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I ain't fucking impressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my dad had a, a, a store in like, St. Croix. Yeah, shut up. Get back to work. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's All right, so I've got Raz Cranberry. Nice. Yeah, I have fun um, a new favorite. That I, <clears throat> I'm trying not to burn through this case because I really like it. But since I've, I know where I can get it, I, I'll buy it more. Spindrift, uh, sparkling, half a lemonade, half iced tea. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's like uh, like uh, the fucking Arizona iced tea. Oh, sorry. No, hey, no, fuck you. That's fine. There you go. <laughs> oh, delicious. Mm. The uh, Patreon go, members, go Pod Squad. Go birds. Um, Go birds. They are uh, wondering where I got this one from. So this, I just bought it at Wegmans. Um, uh, I also got this one, my backup. I got a backup over here, too, in case I get extra thirsty. Oh, hold on. Um, what's, your, what's your backup? What's your backup? My backup is Blackberry Tangerine. Ah! Same one? Too. Oh, yeah, man. A little samesies action going on with our <laughs> seltzers. Yeah, man. Um, Anytime we had samesies, hit the fart. <laughs> <laughs> I, hold on. Where? Samesies. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to hear it. It's such a, it's like, oh, 
Um, I know babies who fart louder than that. <laughs> Dude, you're not kidding. There would be times because my, my son sleeps in the room, in, in my, what was my office, it's still kind of my office because I'm in transition moving down here. But uh, my, my <laughs> four-month-old son is in the office there and he's sleeping in there and there'll be time I'm like lying in bed and just like an explosion happens. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm looking over and like, I'm like, the <clears throat> fuck? And my wife's like, it's him. I'm like, well, it better be. <laughs> um, otherwise I got to get the hell out of this bed and into the shower. Um, Cause it sounded bad. Uh, Cause babies uh, are so pure. That's why their farts are so bad. Yeah. Uh, so cute, but deadly. It's been described now as a deflating balloon. Uh, Anthony Camarada says, uh, because of the show, every time I open a can, I instinctively say, go birds. We did it, Meanie. That was the goal. Because <laughs> I had been it, saying- Conrad. Fr- yeah, I'd been, <laughs> no, I'd been saying <laughs> roll tide every time I'd been doing it. So I, I Meanie, you, get, you had this idea. We changed it and we're changing. I just think we're changing the world at this point. Um, yeah, one can of seltzer at a time. Yeah. Uh, get on that selector. <coughs> um, what was I going to, what was I going to say? I just had a fucking thought too, but, um, no, there it goes. So, uh, it looks like, uh, some of our, our Patreon members are off buying. Oh, you, your, right ba- your, your baby was so bad that we had to pause recording because your wife texted. Yeah. Major blowout. I yes. need your help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good times. Um, I mean, I also baseball. I mean, full, full disclosure, I I really had to uh, take a leak, as they say. Um, so it was it was wasn't the end of the world that I had to get up and leave and come back. Um, yeah, I had who, to too. So, who knew yeah. that when your entire show revolves around drinking cans of seltzer as many as you can pound and oh, which reminds me, when we did alternative commentary on Fight TV, which was a blast. Thank you, everybody who who checked that out. Um, somebody who does not listen to our, uh, our podcast, um, was watching us and messaged <laughs> in the thing asking if we had to drive because they were like, I'm not trying to be like a jerk or anything, but you guys are really pounding those seltzers. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> these are, yeah, these are soft. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, it's like the, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> a fucking uh, penguin who had to uh, go get a, his car fixed. And uh, while he's, the car's getting fixed, he went off to uh, the local ice cream shop and got some ice cream. He was eating ice cream. And uh, <laughs> he goes back to see how his car's doing. And the uh, mechanic goes, ah, uh, looks like you blew a seal. Uh, you know, talking about the car. He goes, ah, no, nah, it's just ice cream. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. hey, man, it looks like you blew a seal. Ah, nah, it's just ice cream <laughs> on my face. <laughs> oh, fucking blew, blew a seal. <laughs> oh, man. That's why okay. walruses go to Tupperware parties. They're looking for a tight seal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Speaking of pounding, uh, yeah, I got a lot of <laughs> drinks. Got a lot of fluids. Uh, yeah, I got coffee, two seltzers, two water, so. Nice. Yeah. That so, bathroom break. so we're definitely going to be hitting pause at some point. No, I'm glad um, your kid shit himself so we can t- <laughs> take a piss. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, the reality is one day I'll just admit that it was me. <laughs> That's why I had to get up. Oh, my wife's uh, texting me. I need to... Uh, <clears throat> change my pants i mean my son's pants i uh <laughs> oh man so uh pinch it off yep yeah, yeah just pop it out and pinch it off that's all you gotta do uh hey so uh we might get a run-in on today's episode uh it is 105 p.m as we record this right now uh so those of you who know my contractor we've had some scheduling issues um and uh, he's now just trying to basically find whatever time he can to get in here and get to work. That's what. So he told me. Yeah. So he uh, he told me. Oh, little uh, seltzer kiss. Um, yeah. And uh, he told me that he could come today between two and eight, so he could like stay. All, he's like, you know, I can just stay late and get some work done. We're supposed to start installing the drop ceiling, so we're like, we're getting there. We're really we're we're moving along. Like right now. I'm straight up plugged into the wall. Like I had an extension cord for alternative commentary, but now we actually have outlets and, and the, you know, electricals on everything's good. Awesome. So he, uh, so I wasn't going to tell him like, no, like you can't come at two, come at three, because then I'm like, you know what? Then he's not coming at all. There's always a good chance that he's not coming at all. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, he is married. The listen, um, <laughs> that went over your head. Uh, yes. No, 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 it didn't. It okay. Didn't. I'm, I'm technically married. So. You're like, no, no, it was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, we've been together seven years. So in Pennsylvania, that's considered common law marriage. So yeah. That's and, why and Mrs. Meany. So it's legal. Squatting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now listen, you know, I've said this, I've said this in the, in the past, maybe even on the show or something, but like my wife and I, we were living in an apartment when we got married. We flew, we were actually living in California. We flew to Florida because that's where all the family was and everything. We flew there for our wedding. Um, we got married on the beach in Florida. It was awesome. We had a great time. We flew back to our apartment. Being in our apartment the day before we left for the wedding was absolutely no different from being in the apartment <laughs> the day yeah. we got home and the subsequent days after that. There... If you are committed and you're in a relationship and you're, and you live together and you're like, there's no, you know what it is to be married. You know, that's what I'm saying. You don't need a piece of paper. Now I will say when you bring kids into the mix, it changes. It definitely changes the dynamic. Um, My wife and I are, our lives are not what they were uh, pre-children, but hey, this is. And, uh, on this that is what note, we wanted. Uh, <laughs> what's that? This is what we wanted. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Me, me and uh, Tracy were watching TV the other night. We're like, Sim came up and we're just like, man, I'm so glad we decided not to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It's like, you know, and it's, it's not rubbing it in or not. No, 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 no. I had, it was something I wanted, something my wife wanted, but I have a couple of friends who, one is happily in a relationship now because he finally found somebody who didn't want kids. And it was go. something that always crept up in previous relationships and bit him in the ass. He'd get to a certain point and it was like, 
okay, well, we can't really go any further because we have different wants. And one of my friends was like, before he got engaged, he's, he was asking me, he's like, I, he's like, what is it like having kids? Like, do you, you know, he's like, I don't know. I didn't really want kids, but she really does. And that would be a deal breaker and all. And what I told him, he decided that he, he came around and decided he wants kids. And now he's like, oh, like I want kids no matter what, no matter, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. But, <laughs> but at the time, what I told him was, I said, you can't, like, I would never tell somebody who doesn't think they want kids, like, oh, dude, you have to. No. Right. You have to, for whatever reason, deep down inside, want kids, because that shit is going to disrupt every single aspect of your life. It is going to yeah. change everything. And yeah. if you don't have that thing in you that says, but it was all worth it, and I don't look down on anyone who doesn't have that thing in them, but if you don't have that thing, because trust me, there are some days where you're looking, you're going, was it worth it? Um, yeah. But it was, but you know, I love my kids. They're the best thing I ever did, but the, you have to want that. I feel like, like, or it is just, and especially if you're somebody who's, you know, I have other friends who they, they really want to travel. Like they love, that's like their favorite thing in the world is to travel and, Same. you know, and do, yeah. like, then you have to look at it and say like, okay, what do I, what do I want from my life? And if I look at my life and what I want is to, is no strings attached traveling with, with my significant other, Mm -hmm. then no kids are not it's the same honestly it's really just like a step different of like you know when you're having that conversation should i get a cat or should i get a dog dude i that was going to be my next thing it's yeah. not, not that not that i want to compare kids to pets nah, i don't hey but if you're like, a real pet person they're, they're like your children you know d dude I, I i would love to get a cat mm -hmm. you know i'm a cat person because they they're fucking self-sufficient here's your shitter here's your food go at it you know you don't have to get up like a dog and let him out and walk yeah. him and all that stuff. Well, that's that it. Yeah. It's like if I have a booking or we, you know, back, when we can get back to fucking traveling, if I want to go, just go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's just me and her. Pack up the car and fucking go. I don't yeah. have to fucking bring other people into. Hey, can you come feed my cat? Or? And that's the thing we've been taught. We've been talking about like when we went on. My wife and I went on our honeymoon. We had extra litter boxes, extra. Um, <laughs> extra like and that was just for the honeymoon um we took it with us uh no but we left at home we had extra litter boxes extra food all the stuff we went for a week and our cat was at home she was perfectly happy didn't matter yeah. she laid around the house did her thing played with her toy mice whenever she wanted to i guess and and then went we came home the litter boxes were you know we had enough that we knew we're like she'll just move on to the next one when she fills the first one she's and, smart Cats and that was smart. it Cats, they know what they're doing. And the thing is, look, I, I grew up with tons of dogs and I had some cats and stuff, but I was always more of a dog person. But I really like, you know, I loved our cat that we had. Um, mm -hmm. She passed away last uh, last November. And my kids are very much, they, <sighs> they really, you know, they miss her still. And they like, you know, so we've been talking about getting another cat. And my daughter keeps saying that she wants a dog. And we've tried to explain, we're like, well, you got a, a new baby brother instead and we can't be taking that dog out and training so you got to train that dog right off yeah. the bat or yeah. it's never going to happen so right. we, we're just like we are not at a point in our lives right now to get a puppy so you know but yeah i think it's all that look it's children or pets or whatever it is when you have responsibility for someone else's life you know that's what it is it's an extra well that's the whole thing of me you know i barely take care of myself right now and just to bring something else <laughs> into this world or 
Oh, dude, I'll talk with some of my friends who have kids, and we'll like, like we we like laugh about the fact that like you know one day these kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna look at us and they're gonna realize we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We had no business being quote unquote in charge. You know, right. like I, I'm like I am the same. You know. Like the same guy I was in college. Like I'm not, you know, like I guess I'm more responsible. Maybe, well, that's, you know, that's where my wife comes in. Debatable. She's, she's yeah. the one that made me more responsible. Um, but no, I, uh, like honestly, I would still, if I didn't have kids waking me up at 6.30 in the morning, I would sleep until noon. Oh, absolutely. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious about it. I would just sleep in and I'd stay up till two or three in the morning and I'd just go, like that's, because that's how I always was, but. Yeah. I'll be going down like every YouTube rabbit hole, you know. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you'll constantly be like, hey, did you see this uh, this documentary or something? And I always like, I'll go in and I'll add them to my like on like Netflix or whatever. I'll like add them to my queue thing, you know, to watch. Um, yeah. And I just never get to them because by the time I finally like sit down, it'll be like in bed. Like, we get into bed, I turn the TV on in bed, which you're never supposed to do um, because that. Yeah you know, screws up your sleep, but I turn the TV on and then I'm just like, I'll start one of these documentaries and I'll look at the time remaining and I'll look at the clock and I'll know when my kids are going to be getting up. And I'm just like, Ugh, I can't watch this. So, um, that's what I'm planning on my retirement being when I'm old. Yeah. My retirement is going to be binge watching Netflix. Just, you know, it'll be like that commercial where you reach the end of the internet. Oh, you've watched mm-hmm. it. You've seen everything. You know, I, yeah. I can't watch movies. Is I have trouble watching movies in bed because I just fall asleep. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's. You know, I mean, that's if if you know if my wife is like tossing and turning or something. You know, I'll just be like, "Do you need me to put raw on?" You know, <laughs> and she's out like a light. So, yeah, I can't, I can't even watch. Me that. too. I can't. I can't. If we can, you know, I know we don't talk about like the current product because we don't really care to. But dude, it is. I, I mean, we don't want to be like everybody else. Yeah. Know? Um, I also hate to, I hate to critique it because there's so many aspects that go into what, why that finished product was what it was. Right. And you don't know the behind the scenes stuff. Right. And especially during the pandemic with no live audience, cause I'm sorry, the, and not to crap on your idea, which was the Thunderdome. It's not, oh, a, yeah. it's still not a live audience. It's better, <clears throat> certainly right. better, but it's still not a live audience. Um, right. so I hate to like, just, you know crap all over it but um i'm not getting paid for it so it's it's un it's it's unwatchable yeah you know and sometimes like look the last pay-per-view was really good um and i'm looking forward to on the 22nd we're going to be doing alternative commentary on fight for survivor series so yeah if you think things are unwatchable that won't be unwatchable because if it's really bad we'll just tear it apart um but well, it won't here's be. the thing but too. It won't be like really I'm bad. looking forward to the. They, they said uh, you know Taker's coming back for one final whatever, not match, but final mm-hmm. farewell. Or, and I got excited. And I was like, oh man, we're still in the pandemic. You yeah. know, there's like no crowd to. It really sucks. Um, imagine all these years later, and you you know you finish your your career in front of nobody. Yeah. Like, I I think man. you know what I would love to see happen, and this is probably not going to happen. But, you know, obviously, you know, they, they did a great thing on Paul Bear. We'll talk about that in a second. Cause I oh, absolutely. Because the picture is awesome. Awesome. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, he's not with us anymore. But um, there is an aspect of me that, not an aspect, a large aspect that would love if he is introduced to the ring 
by the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and comes out with brother love. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. He's Bruce is there. Out, yeah. yeah. Um, if <laughs> sure nothing else, I'm sure he's going to be, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you see brother love at some point, you know, for something like, it depends on what they're doing for him. If, right. You know, if they're going to be doing some sort of like where characters come out to pay respect or do, you know, then you got to have brother love. Um, but that'd be so cool. But 30 years, man. That's a long time. It really is. Um, And not just 30 years. 30 years on top. Because he was on top when he came in. There was no, I will build him up. He was right there. 29 years ago was Survivor Series 91 where he beat Hulk Hogan. It was the gravest challenge. He beat Hulk Hogan and and won the I was in high school. So you're talking about, you know... You're talking about from literally almost to the day, one year in the company, and he was the world champion. Yeah. But honestly, he was on top that entire year leading up to it. He was on top. So yeah. he was a main eventer. Um, so I, the way that I see it is that's, that is beyond impressive to be able to be that level for 30 years basically start to finish, you know, um, and still and, at this point, they could plug him in five years from now if they wanted to. I mean, not that he could physically do it necessarily or have any interest in it, but five years from now, they could go, the main event of WrestleMania is going to be so-and-so versus The Undertaker, and guess what? Tickets are going to fly. Yeah. You know? And he, so, took, he took a character that really, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have worked, but he made it work. Yeah. Because that was like a, a typical... WWE 80s character, mm-hmm. but it was believable, and and you know it was he was like a modern day horror movie villain, you know in the in the in the vein of like a, a Jason or a, yeah, you know Michael Myers and stuff like that who just kept coming and kept coming and you know you can't kill him you know and stuff like that and you know back to the you know talking about Paul Bearer and Paul Bearer completed that puzzle as well. You know, just uh, being his mouthpiece and stuff like that. And just to see the evolution, you know, that's a, that's an important thing. In the, <clears throat> excuse me. That's an important thing in this business. You got to evolve or you just yeah. grow stagnant and you just fade away, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he uh, he took a character that probably by all rights shouldn't have made it. And he made it. Yeah, He made it something. He made it. Consistency, staying power, he had it all. Now, Sean Jones, one of our uh, Patreon members who's in our chat here. By the way, patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. You can watch this live. We've got a ton of people on here today. Probably our our most, we got even more. This is great. Our most people on uh, chatting it up here. um, And we'd love to have you on here too. I want, I would love to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on here to the point where, we spend the entire show at an Ask Meanie where everyone's just... Yeah, you know. why not, but, man? Um, make, make it a... Well, it is a community. Yes, it is. You know? And we want you to be a part of that community. <laughs> and now's a perfect time uh, to remember that starting December 1st, we are changing up our Patreon tiers. Um, we are going to have, I want to say maybe five tiers, I believe is what it's going to be, five new tiers. Um, and they're going to, some of them are going to be limited to a certain amount of people. Like we're doing all different, all new things, 
But if you are a five or seven dollar member, um, which is Pod Squad Elite, Pod Squad Elite Plus, uh, that will all be merged into one uh, OG Pod Squad tier that will be mm-hmm. locked after December first. You, you will be merged into that. Um, we want you to be able to join that. We want you to uh, be a part of it, and it will lock in everything that you have right now, all the opportunities that you have, uh, and it's going to lock you in. Here's the other thing. If you're only $5 instead of the $7, that means you choose between a phone call or being a part of our Zoom call. Um, so we're still figuring out what we're going to do with that. Uh, when we merge you into one, we may end up doing, you know, whatever you are at the time is, is what you get locked into. We'll figure it out. But yeah. what I'm saying is join now. You save yourself some money. You're going to be able to get, it's going to be much higher tiers to be able to get some of the things like the phone calls and the Zoom calls and stuff like that um, are going to be higher than the $7. So we would like you to join now before December 1st uh, so that, you can enjoy that and be locked in, grandfathered in at that at that price. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a exciting to um, you know move into a new direction with the the Patreon, and it's been great so far. I mean, we've really have the sense of community. The last Zoom call we did was so much fun that uh, you know I'm I'm leaning heavily towards like Zoom calls because you know yeah. just. Uh, I feel bad when we call somebody and we it seems like we catch them off guard and it's like, well, hey, do you have a question? And they're like... The other thing is we're very lucky to have um, to have a lot of listeners who are outside the U.S., mm-hmm. different time zones. Um, and the problem that we've run into it is, you know, me and my schedules to be able to do these calls, unfortunately, we can't really work around... You know, you can't look at, you know, a hundred different people and figure out, okay, how can we work around every single person's individual schedule and time zone and all? And what happens is there have been people who have said, yeah, I know I'm paying for it, but don't worry about it. It's a different time zone or whatever. And we still have tried our best to be able to get to them. But I hate the idea of like, oh, sorry, we just had to leave you a voicemail because you know, it's three o'clock in the morning where you are. And <laughs> yeah. this is the only time we can do it. Um, I feel like, I feel like such a heel, you know? It's, yeah. You know. So, I mean, the zoom call is a lot easier for us to schedule and say, this is going to be this month's zoom call. It's going to be at this specific time and everyone can, and we, and we plan that to say, okay, what time do we think will be best for everyone? And maybe not great for everyone, but the very best we can do for everyone as a whole. Right. And then, you know, people can try and schedule it out to be a part of it. But, uh, but we're also making sure that the tiers that are going to offer the zoom calls and the phone calls are also offering a lot of other things. So if you are one of those people who's like, well, I'm almost never going to get a phone call, only get a voicemail. Well, don't worry because it's going to be well worth it for the other stuff. That's going to be a part of that tier. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Uh, uh, like I said, I feel like such a heel, like, you know, we, we try to reach everybody. And it's like we either get voicemail or catch people off guard. So this way, if we can all get all together, I mean, we got a lot of people in the chat now and the chats are fun, but to actually have faces with the names and uh, be able to talk directly into the camera to somebody who's asking you a question directly into a camera. Yeah. It's a little bit more personable. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's also just cold calling. And one day when we get the opportunity to do live shows, which 
the world's going to return at some point and we're going to be here waiting. I've been, I've been mapping that shit out in my head yeah. so bad. I, I sent you a, a link to a piece of uh, equipment, equipment we, we might want to get yeah. for the live shows. Yeah. Like it, it's, we're, we're, our game plan is that when the time comes, we are going to be ready to jump and do these live shows. And yeah. aspects of the live shows will be involved in these new tiers as well. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot we want to do, but one of the things we want to be able to do is when you walk up to us and say hello at a live show, we don't want to just be like, I'm sorry, and what's your name? You know, right. um, because we know you guys. So we've got, you know, here's, here's, uh, you know, uh, Jack Gray. I'm seeing James Sorensen. These are some of the names that are up here. Travis, we, these are our, our Patreon members that we've had for a while now that we, we feel like we've really gotten to know. But yeah. the Zoom call, as Travis is saying right now, the Zoom call was so much fun. Uh, even my cat Voodoo had to make a run in. And yes, and your cat looks so much like uh, my cat that I was just talking about before. I loved seeing that cat. Um, but, uh, the, you know, we now know what you look like. When we yeah. see you, it, it's, 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 we like it better. And that's it. So, uh, but what I was going to bring up before what got me into this was Sean Jones saying he loves Taker, but never wants to see him wrestle again. And I'm curious. I was your hoping thought. they would do more of the cinematic stuff because there's, you know, there's just yeah. still, that brings up the possibility of still, I know he, I know he shot it down over the course of mm-hmm. the week. He says he's never going to do anything cinematic yeah. or whatever. But I was always hoping that we'd get that one undertaker sting battle. You know? So it's interesting you say that. The mark in me. You it's know? interesting you say that. I've noticed in the promos with The Undertaker that the crow from Sting's entrance music and or, or from his entrance video and the sound of the other you know, or whatever the uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that the uh that is in his his uh his promos for Survivor series. And while you could easily say, okay, well, it's The Undertaker, so it kind of works with The Undertaker, I just feel like that's so on the nose that, like, even if it's Foreboding, foretelling, or whatever. Yeah, even, even, so I wouldn't be surprised if even if we got, like, Sting come out or something and have them go, like, face-to-face or something like that and then just shake hands or, you know, I mean, I just, it's, it's a shame that it didn't happen. To me, I would Sting and love Taker to doing see. the Sting and Taker doing the kid and play dance. You know? <laughs> I would, <laughs> yeah, because I guess they're not shaking hands. Uh, but uh, Sean makes a good point. Sting is Just no longer under WWE contract. What's so, that? Sting's no longer under WWE contract. Well, all he's not his, under, He could still do a one-off. Well, all, yeah, but it seems weird. They cut all his merchandise. Um, they had him coming out in an action figure set, and they dropped that. Um, hmm. So yeah, hey, but you know what action figures aren't getting dropped? The mind of the meanie action figures, uh, not getting. Well, I mean, they will drop eventually. Uh, but when uh, your you kids can, drop them and rip my head off. Yeah, but you can pre-order those action figures now. If you're outside the U.S., go to cellatoys.net, and if you're inside the U.S., go right to Instagram, and you can send a DM to at jbtoys1. That's gonna save you. Uh, some money. You're still obviously going to pay for the, the product and you're going to pay for shipping. But if you went through a traditional website with him, he'd have to charge you like 3% extra for, you know, whatever through the site. So we kind of found a little workaround there. So you can go directly through to Instagram, save yourself a little bit of money. And uh, hey, man, $30. 
That's, that's a steal. Yeah. And <laughs> when you uh, think about it. thank you to everyone who is our, we, we are so blown away by the amount of people who have pre-ordered these figures. Um, and not just that, the amount of people who have pre-ordered multiples, you know, I've had people saying like, Hey, well, I need one mint on card and one, I got to let it breathe, you know? So yeah, just like, uh, you know, the, uh, Matt Cardona says you got to let it breathe. Yeah. Absolutely. What is this? James Sorensen. That would be awesome. Can we get Josh versus Meanie? Uh, Josh versus Meanie one as Sting. One, oh, one as Sting, one as Undertaker in a video game matchup. Oh, okay, man. I first, At first, I thought you wanted me versus Meanie in a wrestling match. Then I thought you wanted us to, one of us was going to dress like Sting and one was going to dress <laughs> like The Undertaker. Oh, so basically, you want us to do a video Some game. Some kind of yeah. fanfic over I here. mean, here's the thing. Who do you want to see win, and that's who Meanie's going to play? Because... Yeah. Meanie's a gamer, and I've got two left thumbs. So, well, speaking of Undertaker, the best would be like uh, people playing No Mercy and stuff. And they would have Undertaker. They would give the Undertaker my entrance. <laughs> you know, it's it's awesome. on YouTube somewhere, and you know he'd be doing my Meanie dance. And it's stuff so like awesome. That, so. Um, That's probably as close as you know me being over as an Undertaker. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but. So yeah, so go go get those action figures now. Um, while supplies they are last. some good looking toys, man. They they knocked it out of the park yeah. to the fact that I was like, man. Also, I, I, I can't wait to get. I can't wait to put it on my shelf, and you know, I might get, but I might just get a couple for myself. Just, I'm gonna you know. get like forty. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna start handing them out to people. Um, just be like, oh oh, what is this? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drop this. Oh, what is it? It's just an action figure of myself. Um, but uh, what what was I going to say? I don't know. You tell me. What maybe. were you going to say? Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, but definitely go get them now. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday the fifteenth, um, right? Is today Mo- is today Sunday or Saturday? Today's well, Saturday. Saturday. Oh, Monday the sixteenth. Oh, too late. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. Patreon members, if you're listening to this right now on, on Saturday the 14th, uh, go now and get it because you only have until tomorrow for us to send you a free signed concept art. Uh, that's the art that they did before uh, the molds were made for the figure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely go now if you want those and order it now. Uh, listen, you're going to order it and, and DM us your uh, proof of order. Yeah, DM us a proof, proof of purchase and, uh, and your address, of course, so we can send you those, those free prints. Um, I, I, and if you're listening to this um, and it's past that time, but you've already ordered and you haven't sent us that information, uh, send us that information. As long as you're showing proof of purchase on the date before November 15th, you're going to be fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, that's that. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to see how long I can make that fucking silence last. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, getting a, uh, I'm getting a FaceTime for my, uh, I think it's for my nephew's first birthday. They're all there. Should I take it on the air? Why not? Oh, I just missed it. Oh. Uh, it was Fred. Fred Word calling. Ah, Fred Word. Let's see. Let's see if I can call him back. I'm going to FaceTime the cartoon on the air. This is what we're getting. If it's terrible, we'll just cut it out. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it, Fred. Yeah. Hey, you are live on the air with uh, 
with the pod squad. We are celebrating my nephew's first birthday, which absolutely sucks that I can't be there. Um, Happy but I birthday. see him there. Uh, we wanted to answer this because I, you let him know he's one, so he doesn't care. But you let him know that it was <laughs> important enough that we would answer it to put on the air. So um, take some videos if you could. And, uh, and when we wrap up here, I'll, I'll FaceTime back with the kids. All right. All right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, he can't hear me. What am I saying? No, I can't hear you. <laughs> you can't um, hear me. Well, there you go. There you I go. Did just, I did see the face thing to my ears. You can't hear me. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. We got a bunch of uh, Pod Squad members wishing a happy birthday to my nephew. Um, nice. He is such a cute little guy. I hate, I have not seen him since February, and it just sucks. It does. Um, he is so happy, such a happy, round little boy. <laughs> he is so, um, he's a, he's like a you, big dude. Um, sounds like you're describing me. Yeah. Uh, um, happy he always wears a, uh, a kind of cutoff shirt, um, yeah. Daisy Dukes. But uh, no, he's, uh, he's such a lovable little guy. And it, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely sucks that we haven't seen him. And, you know, they're doing the birthday thing there. They're kind of socially dis... I mean, they're in their bubble. That's It's just, you know, it's my sister's, uh, my sister's son. And uh, so, you know, it's it's the three of them in that household and then my brother and his kids and, you know, my mom and, the, and my grandfather. They're all in a bubble. Like, they basically yeah. only see each other, which is great because, you know, in the start of things, they never saw anybody. So, thankfully, yeah. you know, but I was really hoping, you know, a couple months ago... Like I remember in the summer, my wife and I were trying, we were planning you know, after our son was born, we're like, okay, well, he'll be almost five months old. Like we could probably, we were even thinking, we're like, you know what? Maybe we'll get down there and we'll stay through Thanksgiving and we'll just do like, you know, cause the kids are homeschooled now. So we'll just kind of do it. You know, we'll stay down at my mom's for like, like we had this whole plan and then here we are numbers are at an all time high and we're just not comfortable. So it's killer, man. Yeah. But uh, not to bring everything down, but uh, if it was any other phone call, I would have uh, I would have faved it, as they say. But uh, uh, but give for, me the, the the fuck you swipe. Yeah, I would have just swept that over. Um, but kids no, today nephew, will never understand the joy of being in an argument with somebody on the phone and be able to fucking hang right up yep. on them and just go fucking slam that fucking phone down to where they sound hear the ding and then yep. click. Yep. Now, now it's, it's just like a fuck you swipe, you know? Yeah. And then you get, you're in a big fight and then they call back like, did, did I disconnect? Did you disconnect? What happened? You're like, no, and I, then that I gives hung you time up to go, uh, uh, yeah, well, my phone cut out. Yeah, I just s- puss out. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I went under a tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go under a tunnel, you go into a tunnel under a bridge. Yeah. Fuck you tunnel. Yeah. I was in a fuck you tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so hey another fun thing we get to do not only wish my uh nephew a happy birthday um but uh we also get to wait and see if in the next uh 20 minutes 25 minutes um because apparently i can't tell time anymore in the next 24 minutes Same-sies. um uh, oh what'd you say Samesies. 
Uh, <laughs> um, in the next twenty something minutes, he the uh, the contractor should be here. Uh, and I did tell him, I said, hey, I'm going to be doing my show. Now, he has no idea what this show is. So, right. you know, and he'll only be able to hear my side of it. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? He could play the William Regal, uh, he's a man theme as yeah. he walks into the room. <laughs> he's a man. Oh, man. Yeah, the contractor squeezes, freshly squeezed on his <laughs> hands. Such a man. Oh, man. You know Shaves what? Shaves with an axe. He's a real man. <laughs> I think I wore. I think I talked myself into a shoot because I got to take a. I got to take a fucking piss. Do you? Yeah. Hey, you want, I'll tell you what. Go now, and I'm going to run as many of our commercials as we can <laughs> while you're taking a piss. Go yeah. right now. Okay. Like what you hear on Mind of the Meanie, and come join us over at Patreon.com/slash Mind of the Meanie and become an official member of the Pod Squad. We have exclusive merch, monthly watch-alongs voted by you. Plus, you get to watch every episode of Mind of the Meanie live. It's like Fight Club, except we, uh, we talk about it. <laughs> if you want to be a, a super secret Pod Squad member, come join us on Patreon. And aside from everything I mentioned before, you also get 20% off all of your merchandise over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie, and there's just so much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash mind of the meanie, check out everything we have to offer, and become an official Pod Squad member today. Say hello to the Pod Squad Meanie. Meanie is still taking a leak. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. If you want in on the best wrestling tees in the business, Homage has you covered. All the styling, profiling, limousine riding looks from the rings of yesterday and today in super soft fabric and comfortable fits you can't get enough of. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, I've been a fan of Homage for years. I've been wearing their shirts for years. Everything from pro wrestling to pop culture. And, uh, dude, I get so many reactions out, out and about in the wild when I'm wearing my Dusty Rhodes shirt or I'm wearing a... I'm a Funker shirt or my old school ECW shirt. Homage makes shirts that are comfortable and stylish and definitely retro, which is the thing I've loved about them for years. Mind of the Meanie listeners, you can use the coupon code MEANIE for 20% off your first purchase at homage.com. That's H-O-M-A-G-E.com. The homage.com. Freak out! Freak out! Freak out! Meanie is back now. Two, it was about one and a half commercials. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, I almost went to a catatonic state there. Oh, man. Came um, back if you <laughs> relax. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> um, I, ho- I hope that didn't c- kill any creative juices I had. Like, wait, I think wait, 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 did, my- did you just piss them out? What happened? Dude, like... Some of the best matches I've ever had are matches where right before I go through the curtain, I go, man, I got to take a piss. And I go through the curtain, and then, like, I hit every fucking spot. and fucking, You have a sense of big, urgency. Yeah, a sense of urgency. Get through the match without, you know, wetting myself. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I'd say, what, seven out of ten times that happened. <laughs> yeah, pretty so. much. Uh, but, oh, yeah, man. That's, 
That's cool. Hey, I got to give a little shout out here. Uh, <clears throat> okay. I, every story begins with this. I trained with Al Snow. In Did you really? I, yeah, I might not have mentioned that before <laughs> on the air. But um, uh, like uh, along the lines of training with Al, uh, there was he would run shows, and we I would do shows and go to shows with him in the Midwest. And there was this always one this one constant in the shows throughout the Midwest. And there's this worker wrestler named Irish Mickey Doyle, and um, Mickey was a great guy, man. It was still a great guy. We were friends on the social media and all that good stuff. But uh, he was always on the shows. Him and Al used to have a tag team. They were the uh, new uh, kangaroos and stuff like that. And, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was, that was with Denny Cass, uh, another great worker. But, like, him, Al and Mickey were always a tag team. I always see Mickey on the shows. And then eventually Mickey went on to become a trainer. He trained guys like Rhino and stuff like that. And what I'm getting to is uh, there's a new book called Everybody Loves Mickey by uh, Tim Keenan, The uh, Life and Times of Irish Mickey Doyle. And you can get this book on Amazon. Uh, I bought mine. It's relatively, uh, it's like eight bucks. Can't can't beat it. But if you're a wrestling historian and I uh, want to show some loves to, you know, a wrestler that all, everybody who meets him goes, man, what a great guy. You know, uh, he's had a great career. He's He wrestled in California, you know, all through the Midwest, Arizona. You know, he's had a, a great career, but, you know, uh, you know, I think a lot more people should know about him and learn about him. Yeah. So if you uh, go to Amazon, look up the book, Everybody Loves Mickey, The Life of Times of Irish Mickey Doyle by Tim Keenan. And then uh, get that. It's, it, I haven't dove into it yet because I've been so busy with, what we're doing with our uh, studio and stuff like that. But uh, I, I can't wait to dive into that and read that and uh, check it out. Yeah. Mickey's a great dude, man. Such a good dude. Uh, tough dude. And, uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, for me, there was so long where it was like, when I was growing up, like, if, if you wanted to know anything about the WWF from, like, the mm-hmm. 80s or 90s, like, I was your guy. I knew everything. But outside of that, I didn't really know all that much. And before the time period of my fandom, I didn't really know very much. So I've always enjoyed over the years books like that, getting to learn stories. You talk about the people that he's trained. So you're getting to learn like almost an extension of the people you know. You're, mm-hmm. you're getting to learn more about them. For instance, like if somebody wasn't familiar with Al Snow but knew you, which... Mm-hmm. Begs the question, how the fuck do they not know who Al Snow is right. if they know who you are? But it would be like them reading Al's book and that gives them just like a little bit more knowledge about the guy that helped really shape you and your career. So I, I, I think that that's really cool. Um, yeah, man. I was, when I saw the book came out, I was like, oh, I got to get that. I love Mickey yeah. to death. Uh, I think he trained. There's another great uh, Midwest wrestler out there named Nate Matson, N8 Matson. I think uh, Mickey trained him as well. And when I was running three PW shows, we had Nate on those shows. But you know, uh, Mickey, uh, everybody can has make you know Mickey Irish Mickey Doyle stories from you know Scott Demore and all that. He he was at one of the trainers at Scott Demore School at Border City Wrestling from the Detroit area. 
just like a, just look like just a blue collar guy, man. And he reminds me of like a Tony Correa, you know. Yeah. So that old school throwback, but a uh, great dude, man. Great worker. He was in the tag team, the Hippies, with Mike Boyette back in the day, which I'm sure I, everybody's. If you're an old school wrestling fan, you've definitely heard of the Hippies. Mike mm-hmm. Boyette went on to you know work in the, the Watts area stuff like that. So. Uh, I'm trying to think the the, the promotion that the LaBelles in California, you know, where mm-hmm. Piper first started and stuff, where Piper got one of his starts, you know, wrestling at the L.A. Coliseum. Right. It's not the, oh, my God. So the, I can't uh, think of where, yeah, ECW had Heat Wave 2000. Um, I can't think of it. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but a historic wrestling building, built wrestling and boxing building that's now a church. <laughs> Of all things, where would I'm trying to think what it was called? Um, there's there's famous footage of Andre wrestling like eight guys doing a tug of war from there. Uh, they filmed the, the Rocky movies there. Um, they filmed so much stuff there. They filmed Man on the Moon there. Uh, the Cow Palace, right? That's what's that? Not the Cow Palace. That's something else, right? No, that's San Francisco. That's San Francisco. Okay, I'm talking about Los Angeles. Uh, oh my God. I want to say LA Auditorium, but I don't, I'd be wrong. Rage Against the Machine taped a, a, a video concert there. Great building. It's where the ECW XPW uh, brawl happened. Yes. Um, Let me get the Twitter machine out. I I'm think. I'm going to drive myself nuts. Um. Where'd you say it was? Heatwave. Uh, Heatwave 2000. ECW Heat Wave 2000. Uh, Olympic Auditorium? Grand Olympic Auditorium. That's, tra- yeah. that's all that's Travis. A- Thank you, Travis. I remember Travis. Grand Olympic Auditorium. Historic Grand Olympic Auditorium. Okay. You know, Mickey was there, you know, cutting his teeth. You know, and he's in Michigan now. He's in Detroit. He, you know, I still see him on social media. And uh, I'm so happy he's got this book. Uh, there's a t-shirt too I want to get that look, kind of looks like the Heineken logo. But uh, yeah, I got, I always got to give a shout out to, you know, the people who came before me and uh great worker that uh, a lot more people should know about. So, you know, look him up on YouTube, buy his book, you know, celebrate him. I like to celebrate, you know, celebrate, you know, the people who, who made a positive impact on me, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, I do want to update everybody that my contractor just uh, said that he's running super late and not sure that he'll be able to make it today. Uh, but definitely will be here 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, which is, uh, as we call it in the business, a guarantee that he won't. Um, uh, so As long as he's there before the football game. Before the it, Eagles game. It's, I'm telling you, you guys will never understand the frustration, <laughs> the, the, the joy I'm going to have when this office is eventually finished and the studio is eventually finished. And, you know, I've told him before, I'm like, look, you know, I've got, so says Chernoff that we're recording on the 22nd in the morning before we do uh, alternative commentary for Survivor Series. And I, I'm, I told him, I was like, listen, man, it, it needs to be done by then. I can't, it's one thing, like what you're seeing right now, if you're on Patreon, is you're seeing this tiny little box where you can see this shelf. Mm-hmm. The nothing else is here, but so says Chernoff. I need the rest of the decor. I need a set, you know, or it's gonna yeah. look ridiculous. 
Have yeah. you thought the thought of going into uh, green screening and stuff like that? So, I had green screen is what I did for so says Chernoff in the studio. Yeah. Um, the entire thing was green screen. So obviously, yeah, I still ha- I could make it look like I'm there, but it's two things. Number one, we had a real studio audience. So yeah. having the big set and making it look like this gigantic studio and all that stuff was cool with the sound of the audience there. I feel like to sit on the green, like, you know, I'm so here. says sure enough Thunderdome. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm in, in my, in my house. Um, so I wanted also at the same time, I'm setting this up uh, as the nice podcasting thing. And I don't want to do a green screen every time we sit down and do this. I want to have, you know, actual tangible things that I can touch and have behind me. And, um, yeah. and then I wanted also on top of that, it's also my office. So, right. you know, I'm also going to be working in here too. And I love the idea of having these display cases that will have, you know, all these, whether it's my like Hasbro collection I have or just miscellaneous shelves of random crap that I've, uh, you know, uh, that I have. So, yeah, I like having the, the physical thing. And on the other side, you know, of, of this over on that side is going to be, I've got a couch over there and I mean, it's still wrapped up in plastic, but I got a couch over there and I'm going to have my guitars there. And so hopefully I'll be able to start teaching my kids how to play guitar and things like that, you know, kind of be cool, but, um, they're not going to listen, but, uh, but I'll try and, uh, I'll try and do that as an excuse to be able to play guitar. So yeah, I don't know. Um, get like a little hook in the background so you can hang a guitar in the background. I could, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. I just, I just, I'm looking around my, you talk about, you know, I'm trying to do the thing with my office. I got a lot of cool stuff around here. I can, uh, I, cause I'm going to have like a blue wall in the background, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to put in there. I want to, like I said, uh, I had a belt hanger. I want to hang the belt in the background. Yeah. So it's still part of the background. Is it, is it going to hang down or is it going to hang across? Like so it'll hang down. Way. Okay. Nice. Hang down. And, uh, shout out to Wildcat Belts. They had sent me one, and I lost it somewhere in the hoarder house. So I, I had to say, "Hey, man, <laughs> can you resend me that uh, that belt hanger there?" Uh, so he's sending that. So I'll have the belt, and uh, it's got this really cool job squad sign. I just realized I could probably put up there. Uh, shit, nah, I can't move that. I'm going to knock too much shit down. <laughs> but it looks like a like a license plate. It looks like one of those. Like uh, old school, like British uh, license plate. A, a fan from Germany gave that to me at a wrestling convention. He brought it all the way over, and we had a job squad reunion. And we, we, he wanted to take a photo of us with it. He goes, oh, "Do you want it?" I went, oh, "Fuck yeah, I want it." That's awesome. <laughs> you know, or else am I going to get a customized license plate and not be in prison? <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I got some, I got like a old school. Uh, fireman's hat that my grand was my grandmom's friend that's like awesome that. little nods uh, to but, my family but you know and that's yeah and like i have that's kind of what i have it's like random things either from my childhood or from you know stuff that was like my dad's and like things like you know like different nods to different parts of my life different important people in my life i even have uh i shadow boxed in one of those big shadow box things um so I have framed the newspaper articles from when I did the Teenage Wrestling Foundation thing at the Fort Washington Expo Center. And nice. um, in that, I'm wearing my gear that I wore when I wrestled at that event. 
And so I actually just got one of those uh, from Michael's. I got one of those little cases. And because I've had just a like a uh, one of those Ziploc bag things, you know, like the um, vacuum seal bags. Oh, we got plenty of those. Yeah. And that's where any gear I ever wore is all just shoved into that bag. So I was like, you know what? I wonder if I could take this out. So it's the singlet and like the shirt I wore to the ring. Um, and I put it up there. And so I'm going to hang it in my office, not where anyone can see it. Cause no one cares about that. That's just for me. It wasn't a big deal, <sighs> but I've got my, so I'll have the frame newspaper article and then I'll have the actual gear I wore next to it. Cause I looked at it and I said, I'm obviously never going to wear this gear again. And not just because I couldn't fit into it on my best day. Um, cause I'm a decent amount older now, but that's like me with my zebra kid gear. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I just, you know, I was like, um, I want to, uh, I want to be able to sit here and look over at it and have it remind me of kind of that, like, uh, you know, don't take no for an answer attitude that I had as a kid to get that yeah. thing up and running and do stuff like that. So, and the only That's other awesome. one that I think I would, uh, shadow box in that kind of frame of my gear, um, would be the stuff I wore during the time period in OVW, just because that to me was, while again, compared to other people, I understand that this was, I mean, it's not like I was even main eventing in OVW, you know, but to me, that was an accomplishment to get to, to be there and to work with those guys and, the thing more than anything, the things I learned and I have such a, a, such a positive memory from that time that to look at that gear, it's like almost like look back and be like, Oh yeah, that was real. Like I actually, actually yeah. lived that, you know, cause that was, that was the dream when I was a kid and, and to be able to be a professional wrestler. And it wasn't until I got to OVW that I actually felt like successful or not. I actually felt like I was really a professional wrestler because something about working on the indies, the indies were different than they are today. Yeah. And something about working on the indies or especially working for my own show never made me feel like, it made me feel like a weekend warrior. It didn't make me feel like a professional wrestler. When I moved mm -hmm. to Kentucky and all I did every single day, I was either in the ring training or setting up the ring at a house show and working matches and doing things like that. I felt like I was engrossed in this. I was actually right. now every day of my life, sometimes seven days a week, I was in a wrestling ring. I was doing something and it was amazing. So that to me is kind of, so I, I might end up framing that if I have any room <laughs> left in here, but no, the, the, yeah, the, the Indies were uh, definitely a different animal back then. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's what makes me admire a guy like Tracy Smothers who does, you know, who we lost. He was working, he would just indies. He was he would work in three or four days a week, you know. And yeah. he that was he had the hustle and he was he was doing. It. He's like, man, I got this show in Clarksburg. I got this show here. And we he just rattle off dates he was yeah. doing. And it's like working. now you know now the indies are you can have all this what everyone calls like their indie darlings, right? Yeah. There's so many on a roster. Like before Evolve was bought, you know, you right. look at Evolve and that was an indie and. Yeah. There was so there's so much talent on there and everything, but I felt like back in the day when I was on the Indies, it really still kind of had that feeling of like it was just Joe Schmo, whoever working on a show here. We didn't know who it was, and then you pop the crowd because you know Doink's on the sh on the card, and uh, yeah, you know, and and who is Doink? I don't know. Maybe it's probably who you've got the Patriot. You you know, it's it's not Del Wilkes. It's definitely Tom Brandy, but you know. 
and who and it, it's like that was what the indies were. You know, uh, Greg Valentine would inevitably be there too. But like, you know, looking, that was, looking as pleasant as he could. Yeah. He um, never looked happy. I love him, no, but he never I, looked happy. You know happy. what? I got to do an interview with him uh, a couple of years ago, and he was so funny, but so dry, like deadpan. I yeah. asked him, I was like, if you could choose any gimmick uh, other than what you had and go back in time and have that, what would it be? And he said, he wished, he's like, I, I'd want uh, the million-dollar man. I'd want to be millionaire Greg, and I'd want Vince to fly me around in a private jet and give me oh. money and all. It was, it was, uh, it was hilarious, just the way he was, he was saying it. Um, but uh, he's a funny guy. But, but no, so that's you know, I, I think uh, if I could go back to the Doink thing, you know what's yeah. sad about uh, Doink? The last time I ever saw Matt Bourne before he passed away it was at a convention and it was like a new england convention and they were doing do like the new england hall of fame but i was doing the convention and then we were driving straight back to philly to do dreamers house of hardcore show that night but i was there and i saw doink there and i didn't know it was matt Bourne doink i thought it was like the local doink uh-huh. so i didn't go over and say hey what's up man even though i probably should have that's good decor to have Mm-hmm. but uh and then i found out matt passed away and that was like his last appearance and i'm still kicking myself for not going over because yeah. i i was like ah that's probably just a local local doing well that's the thing i mean what are you gonna go you're gonna go over and and pay your respects to you know the local indie guy that they just put makeup on you know what i mean right. like if anything that guy should be coming to you introducing himself or whatever um, and that's probably me going, oh, look at this motherfucker not coming over and saying hello. Yeah, right. <laughs> and meanwhile, it was the real doink. Yeah. I was like, you talk about how, like, you know, you're not supposed to have regrets in life, but that was like one of my regrets. Because Matt Bourne was a good dude, man. He was always cool to me and stuff like that. You know, anytime yeah. I saw him, we did plenty of shows together. But the makeup, I was like, I didn't put, yeah. I was like, oh, that's not it the real like doink. doink. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. yeah so um, many doinks, man. Yeah. You know? They should yeah. have like an indie doink Royal Rumble, you know. Yeah, here everyone, comes Pittsburgh. They doink. could all just throw things at each other's balls. Um, <laughs> where, where did I doink you? That's a yeah. That's a that's a little meat <laughs> for the base. How long have you been listening to Mind of the Meanie? Yeah, you get that reference. Um, hey, James Sorensen is writing a. Uh, I want a Meanie or Josh book. I mean, I feel like as I do every weekend uh, and mon- slash Monday is a fly on the wall listening to these amazing stories from these two amazingly talented and wonderful brothers, uh, Pod Squad for Life. Well, well thank you. Thank you. Um, so I had actually, my brother had, had written a book about some of the things that I had uh, done in the business before, like looking at it from like a... a basically like a trying and failing standpoint. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like kind of just like this is what my experience was. Um, And it was for sale once upon a time. And when I got back into wrestling, um, we took it down because I just didn't want, you know, there was definitely, you know, when you write a book, sometimes you'll tell stories about, you know, I didn't say anything bad about anyone, but like, it's kind of, it's one thing when you have nothing to do with the business and you're telling all these stories and, and I don't know, there was something about it. I was just like, you know what? It's so uninteresting. Like I said, it wasn't because I was saying anything bad about anybody. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was so uninteresting and, and 
so much of like an insisting upon myself. Like it was something, you know, like I, I looked at it, I said, you know what? I'm back in the business. Let me go do something actually worthwhile. And then maybe one day I'll write a book, you know? Um, but like we had tried to, you know, that was something my brother, when he was starting out becoming an author, he was, you know, toying around with that. And I was like, nah, let's just kind of shelf that, uh, that idea for the time being. But Meany, I know you've worked on a, I mean, you've, I've got stories written. Yeah. It's just um, how much is worth a book. And there's a lot of stuff like, oh, man, do I want to go there? You know? Uh, well, that was the thing I felt my with my book. Like, it wasn't like. Like, personally, I mean, like, there's yeah, so well, many no, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I, nobody I haven't would, even talked about. No one life. would care about personal stuff from me. And I don't mean that in a self deprecating. I mean, yeah, like, you, you know. You're being too hard on yourself. No, though. no, no. But I mean, like, well, look, maybe if I'm able to actually do something worthwhile, like, you know, uh, ride your coattails, maybe people will, <laughs> will wonder more. But, like, my half shirt you, tails. Yeah. You have to, people want, you know, the concept of it was really interesting because it was the idea of like, you know, here was my viewpoint on why it was so tough to make it in wrestling and what the, you know, behind the scenes. But that, that's interesting. It was very interesting, but it would have been even more. It wasn't like I had always told Fred, I said, I think instead of writing it from writing it about my journey, you need to write it more from just your perspective of watching someone try and go through this stuff. But you could do the yin yang where you yeah. say one thing and he says his thing and then like yeah. the chocolate and peanut butter put it together. It was I shouldn't yeah. say like for what it was at the time, it was great. It was really and to me it was more like a, a time capsule of there was a lot on like the, the TWF stuff and things that that really were like people would look at it and be like, Well, that wasn't really like a big promotion. Like who why are you like, you know, mm. full of your own shit? But like, I don't know. So maybe Maybe one day if there's a market for it, I could see it coming. <laughs> you know, I could see us sure putting it up on be. Amazon. Um, Dude, I've seen I've seen plenty of wrestling documentaries and stuff like that. And just like, you know, I might not have known the person, but it made me interested in them or but, no. But the other side on. of it is I've tried very hard. Uh, I know what this business is like. And I know you know this too. Like you said, you don't want to, there's certain things you don't want to say about yourself personally. But at the same time, you know, I didn't get along with everyone in the wrestling business <laughs> all the time. You know, there are definitely stories that are interesting that I look at it now and say, as someone who's lucky enough to be back involved in this business in some way, I have right. no interest, not even a burning the bridges thing. I have no interest kind of breaking that bond, breaking that, you know, you, you, I don't know. I'm not looking to rat people out. I'm not looking to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I just, honestly, I want to walk into a convention when we're allowed to, and anyone I see that I've ever interacted with, I want to just be able to be happy and smile and say hello and get along with people. I feel you on that. Not one, because yeah. we, we had a, a crossword with each other back in 2006. You know what I mean? Like, right. th so that, that's, that's kind the whole of, thing about the shoot interview thing too. And book things like mm -hmm. I've seen people put out books where, they just totally bury somebody. Right. And then they're at a convention together. Like uh, uh, Nova and Bob Holly had like this real fucking heated thing that happened between them. And Bob wrote a book and he went off on Nova. Nova did the shoot interview. She, he, you know, uh, shot all over Bob. So here we are, we're doing this convention in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I, it's me to my little, Right is Nova, and to my left is Bob Holly. 
like in that order at like the same table. It's like, holy shit. Am I going like, I knew what Bob said about Nova. I know what Nova said about mm-hmm. Bob. And I was like, I don't think the promoter purposely did this, but they did it as a rib oh. on you. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm standing there going, Oh man. So eventually there's a moment where like Bob's looking over at Nova Nova's looking over at Bob and they went, Hey man. <laughs> and they start talking and like they ironed like everything they talked about in each other's books and shoot interviews. They're like, what the fuck are we, what, what were we made about? You know, shit like that. And, uh, it was like kind of cool to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's, and honestly, that's really what it, so many arguments of people in the business, like they just sit down and work it out, you know, yeah. without, well, the, like without the, the boys, me, the me and JBL the, thing, you know? Absolutely. We, I said things, he said things, and then we got into a room and talked it out. I'm not minimizing the altercation or what happened between, you know, the two of you guys, and especially in that moment, mm-hmm. but um, I can guarantee you to everyone listening, that incident with Meanie and JBL has had a far larger lasting effect on anyone outside of Meanie and JBL. The two of right. you moved on from that very quickly and the rest of the world is still like, you know, like, Oh man, me and JBL. Oh, is me going to talk about JBL? You know, like, it's like, no, like this is again, like I mentioned, like, you know, someone you had a, 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 you know, an argument with in 2006, like this was, I guess 2005, but that's the thing. It's 15 years ago. Right. Like this was 15 years ago. Well, and the stuff between me and JBL happened in between, 98 and 2000. Exactly. So it's like none of like this was so, and that was part of the issue that I've had with some books and things like that. Like you just, I don't know. I, I, I hate the idea of just having heat with people and I don't, and whether them having heat with me, me having heat with them, like whatever it is. Same here. Same here. It's just not, it's not worth it because nine times out of 10, you're going to be able to sit down with that person and you're going to, um, and you're going to be able to just kind of work things out and just be like, yeah, no, nah, I was kind of a dick then. Oh, yeah, no, I was a dick. Or, oh, you know, like, oh, I, this is why I did that. Or this is, or sometimes someone's just going to say, yeah, I was completely out of line. And other person's going to say, okay, thank you for saying that. I accept your apology. Yeah. And it's done. Like, you know, but. People are different. The people evolve. Uh, dude, I met this uh, musician. I met uh, Billy Sheehan from. He was in David Lee Roth's band, and he was in a band called Mr. Big. Mm. Their big hit was, you know, to be with you. Amazing bass player. He's like the Eddie Van Halen bass players. That's why Dave hired him for his band when he left Van Halen. And I met him somewhere. Oh, uh, MMR was doing something. For those who don't know, the local rock station in Philly is 93.3 WMMR. And they would do a week in Atlantic City between, like, 89 to, like, 92. And I would go to those when they were at, like, they're at Trump Plaza. And uh, I would just go and, and check it out. And they brought on uh, Mr. Big. They did, I think they, they did an acoustic thing and whatever. And I knew where they were, you know, the bands would come out. I would run over to, you know, meet them and stuff like that. I met Billy Sheen. And for some reason, I thought he was, I, I thought he was kind of being a dick to me. And it could have been just like, hey, it was 7 in the morning kind of thing. 
And like from the, that on that point now, I was like, "Oh, Billy Shane's the biggest dick. Blah, blah, blah. He's such an asshole." Blah, blah, blah. And then flash forward to maybe two thousand. I'm in California, uh, and I go to the Rainbow, and you know, the people I'm with, we 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 had access to go upstairs to this private bar area that a lot of people can't go to. And there's fucking Billy Shane. And Hey man, what's up? I, I went, I, you know, I went up and cool as can fucking be. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, I'm glad I didn't fucking bury Billy Sheen. Or and that's I didn't go, hey you man, you're you a dick to me. Yeah. You don't know why he was a dick. He may have been a dick because he wasn't. He wasn't even paying attention because he had something right. else on his mind. You have no idea, right. and that's why, like, right, you know. And in hindsight, I've, I'm glad I met him that second time because now I'm like, oh man, he's a fucking great guy. Yeah, I mean. You know, it, maybe it, it didn't really totally, you know, it's amazing. You meet somebody and, you know, like, uh, it, it could have spoiled me on him as a musician, you know? Like, and I see that a lot of times when people go, oh, I met so-and-so. He was such an asshole. And I know the person. And they go, I try to go, hey, man, maybe you just met him on a bad day. Yeah. You know? We can all yeah. be assholes on a certain Dude, day. there's times where, and, you know, I, look. I was in WWE. I was never on the the level of Stone Cold or The Rock, right? But I remember. Uh, I didn't once say you, that, but it's fine. <laughs> but uh, there's a point where once you go from ECW TV to WWE TV, and you tried to walk through a Walmart, mm. and you realize somebody's fucking tailing you and walk, following you around the store, yeah. And like you and just want to fucking the go camera in, phones. Huh? That's before camera phones. Before camera phones. Like, yeah. I, I distinctly remember going to the Walmart here in, in South Philly on, the, on Delaware Ave. And I'm walking I'm walking past aisle after aisle, and there's somebody on the opposite end, like, looking at me, side, like, fish-eyeing me. And they're in pace with how I'm walking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this motherfucker following me? <laughs> and, I, and you don't want to be a dick. And you, yeah. you kind of have to be on your best behavior. And the person's not saying that. I would rather the person just come up and say, hey, Blue Meanie, hey, shake hands and all that stuff. Other yeah. than, But, like, there's times where I probably could have been a dick, yeah. you know? Or you're six, 6 o'clock in the airport and somebody's, you know, coming up to you, handing you a stack of 8x10s. Hey, can you sign all these? And I was like, dude, I know you're going to sell these. Yeah, that's, to me, that is, what, the first of all, the balls on that person to do that. And, I've and all, from like, my understanding, people still do that to this day. Yeah. You know, they find out where you're. But you're the dick if you say no. Or I've I've turned down people at the airport. Hey, look, it's early, man. I'll sign three or whatever. And then, like, you go check in, and, and they, they send their kid over yeah. with the stack of 8x10s. Oh, Blue Meanie, turn down the kid at the airport. So yep. you know you can't turn down the kid at the airport. Yeah, or get right, reported out, of, uh, you know. out of Northern California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, do you want to, because uh, we, we had a lot of people uh, have things they want to ask Meanie. So do you want to throw to a quick commercial, and when we come back, we're going to ask Meanie anything? I would love to. Sounds good. Want to show the world how much you love Mind of the Meanie? 
go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie and check out some of the great merchandise we have over there. One of my favorites is the new Van Meanie shirt. You know, I'm a big fan of Van Halen, and now I get to show it with my own Van Meanie shirt. And of course, we have the original Mind of the Meanie logo tee by the great Hal Haney. There's Wreck Every Bathroom and Leave. And so much more. So make sure you check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. But if that's not enough for you and you want to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie and check out all of the great shirts the Blue Meanie has. Meanie, tell us about those. Hey, uh, I was a part of this thing called the BWO. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, but we have the original Blue World Order shirt that uh, was one of the highest grossing t-shirts in ECW history. And not only do I have that version of BWO, I have BWO Japan, I have BWO Bob Wire Border, uh, I have a BWO uh, Kansas City Royals logo for some reason, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, go over to uh, prosandtees.com slash blue meanie and get yourself one of the original BWO shirts, man. And if you feel like you really, really need to, you can also go to prosandtees.com slash so says Chernoff and check out some of the merchandise that I have over there like the Chernoff tie shirt or the very popular Sarcasm is my superpower shirt. My favorite. But wait, there's more. Because if we're talking about wrestling shirts, then we have to be talking about the wrestling brand. Collar and elbow, brand.com. Use the promo code MEANIE and save 10% over there. I don't know if you know, but the Blue Meanie and the BWO took off the offices of Collar and Elbow brand. Uh, I got a special shirt over there. It's the Collar and Elbow mirror logo, but instead of saying elbow, it says LBWO. So go over there and give Rod Hicks and Al Snow, my big brother, some love and use the promo code MEANIE and save yourself some cash. All right. We got a lot of people, a lot of questions today. So, if, are you ready, Mini? Absolutely. Uh, I welcome it. Here we go. That's right up there with the samesies. I don't, I don't know uh, if yeah. you caught that at the end. Did you catch it? No, hit it again. I was too busy laughing. All right. That's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> That's a keeper. Oh, my God. All right. Hey, hey, uh, one more time. One more time. One more time. <laughs> I'm 47. I'm laughing at that. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, first off, we had a bunch of people... Asking questions throughout, um, yes, in the uh, from our Patreon members. Um, uh, so we're gonna start. Uh, let's see, where did this go? Sean Jones. Where did uh, we go? Sean Jones had asked what kind of uh, guitars I have because um, he plays too. Yes, um, and I still need to ask you, Sean, about guitars for uh, my kids. But, um, I currently, my like go-to one that I play is, uh, a Martin acoustic electric. Um, and then all of my acoustics are acoustic electric. I had a Ibanez was the first one that I got. It was really, it looked really cool, but was kind of cheap. It was only like a few hundred bucks. And, uh, but that was the first acoustic 
um, I had. And then I've got a, um, I have a Gibson, um, I'm trying to think. I have a, yeah, I have a Gibson electric and then I've got, um, I have a Fender as well, but the Fender, I honestly don't even know where I, where I put it. Um, it's tucked away somewhere, but, uh, so, and none of them are really the, the Martin is the most expensive one. It's the nicest one. All of the other ones were just kind of, I've had for just a really long time and, and they were, um, I mean each, you know, I wasn't getting like an $80 guitar, but they were, they were each a few hundred bucks, but like. I'd say the Martin was the one that the Martin was, was the one that went on the, uh, had multiple credit card payments. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, let's see what other questions we had in here. I'm just kind of going back cause there were a guitars bunch. are like, guitars are like wrestling belts. They, uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're great to stare at. Man. It's, it's why I'm artwork. planning right in front. I'm going to be having them hanging on the wall here Before just cause they're nice can- to look at. Yeah, before we came on the air, I was watching, uh, like, videos of how, like, people reproducing how Eddie painted his guitars, his Frank Estrat and stuff like that. So, like, I love watching stuff like that. It's kind of like this old house. Mm-hmm. I love watching Bob Vila. Yeah, how stuff do it. I love the how things are made or whatever that. Show, yeah, you know, that or the paintings with Bob Ross. I love mm-hmm. watching how stuff's made, how Happy houses are trees. built and stuff like that. So, I've been watching... Like people do, uh, I, w- I watch how somebody recreate how Eddie painted his original. Because the f- Eddie's Frankenstein, Frankenstein, whatever, mm-hmm. was done twice. It was the same guitar. I never knew this. It was the same guitar. I didn't know that. And then he, the the guitar that's on the cover of the Van Halen 1 album, which is the black and white design, he went and made it his, he re- went and repainted it into the Frankenstein, which was the original red white and black striped guitar i watched somebody recreate the first one and then the the second one wow. which is pretty cool and he's like the, and the cool thing about that with like uh, eddie you know showing the there's a video uh from mtv news on their youtube which go look to, check this out the tour of 5150 studios he brings it out and he's like yeah this button this button does nothing but i thought it looked cool on the guitar <laughs> And then, like, on the back of the guitar, he put, like, these bicycle reflectors, which, like, he just did for aesthetics, you know, why? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I like to flip the guitar backwards and, you know, shine them back into the crowd or whatever. So, it's kind of cool, like, what goes into his mentality and his guitars and doing certain things and stuff like that, whether it was done for the sound or just for the look. You know, Eddie was a genius. Speaking of Eddie's, uh, James Sorensen says, hey, guys, you have any... Eddie Guerrero stories. I unfortunately don't. Um, I never met Eddie Guerrero, which sucks. Uh, But obviously Eddie Guerrero, um, yesterday as we're recording this, maybe? Yesterday was the 15-year anniversary of of his passing, which is crazy. Um, Any Eddie Guerrero stories that you have personally? Sadly, sadly I don't. I mean... We all have them as fans, obviously. We all have... I saw him in ECW when I was a fan... And then I got into the business, and he went to WCW as I was going to ECW. Mm-hmm. So our paths didn't cross there. <clears throat> there was, like, a short window where I was on SmackDown 2005 while he was there. And uh, our paths didn't, I, our past didn't re- really – we didn't really interact, or our paths didn't really cross mm-hmm. other than saying hello. And then, like, maybe my last WWE appearance – 
was at the uh, Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. Uh, BWO versus, well, Stevie versus um, Scotty Tuhati and me and Nova were ringside. But Eddie was on that show. Eddie wrestled Undertaker in a really good match. But like we we're backstage and like uh, I bumped into him. Hey man, sorry. He was like, oh, what are you apologizing for? And I was about the extent of our interaction. Hey, man, what are you sorry for? You know, like, I apologize for something that I really wasn't a big deal. Like, I might have accidentally bumped into him and accidentally yeah. kicked his foot or something. I was like, oh, my God, sorry, Mr. Guerrero. And he was like, ah, oh, what are you apologizing for? You know, or, you know that was a bad <laughs> it was a great impression. impression. It was fantastic. Yeah. It, wa- it wasn't even a little bit offensive. And it was- no, <laughs> no. Because no. um, he was so, so like... He was this big personality in front of the thing, in front of the mic, camera, and stuff. But backstage, he was so like very soft spoken. Oh, actually, you know what? We I almost booked him for three PW. Yeah. Uh, and we had him book for a show, and then something happened with the show, and we had to switch dates, and then uh, we weren't able to reconnect on that date. But he was so. Uh, if you could, I'd like to fly on such and such airline because I got miles and all that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, sir, no, sir, please, and all this stuff. It's like, what are you saying that to me for? You're fucking Eddie Guerrero. You say whatever you want, man. man. It's oh, just so hey, polite, so respectful. That's old school in the business, and just you know, every good thing you've heard about him is true. And you know, you know, and that was about as much as interaction. I wish I had a cool story, but and you know, of course, I'm sure there's people who just make shit up. You know, they, you know, met him, you know for like two seconds and like oh me and eddie are best friends you know kind of shit you know that you run into in this business yeah. but no he was a great guy great talent i mean what am i going to say about eddie guerrero that hasn't already been said oh yeah uh jim stibbins on our patreon here uh says with the holidays Stibbin. coming up what are some uh, go-to favorites are we talking food music uh clothing <laughs> um uh, it's, it's going to be weird holidays because it's just going to be me and me and Tracy. Yeah. You know? But I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know, just us. I'm, you know? I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it too. Just being kind of like just chill and relaxed. And, you know, I, it's, I'd like to go see my family and stuff, but remember my, fa- so we, we always do Christmas at home. It's my wife's family would normally come over. Um, cause my family's Jewish. So we would, yeah, we very rarely, Hanukkah's all over the place. It's never, you know, the same time. So um, we never really get to get together for it anyway, which sucks. But um, but no, there's something nice about just kind of, it's going to be super low key. Uh, my sister-in-law will come over because uh, she's been in our bubble. Um, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be nice and hopefully we'll do something fun for the kids. But yeah, any, uh, anything like, is there anything that like comes up, uh, for the holidays for you, Meanie, that's like a, a like a go-to thing. Like, here's the meal I'm definitely going to have. Here, Here's the drink I'm definitely going to have. Here, You know? Yeah, it's like every year for Thanksgiving. Well, th- for Thanksgiving, we always go to my sister's. We used to go to Connecticut for Tracy's mom's. But then every year we started going to WrestleCade in North Carolina, which is like we would have to leave the day after Thanksgiving. So instead of going to Connecticut and then driving all the way through Connecticut down to North Carolina, because we like to drive mm-hmm. the WrestleCade in North Carolina because it's a beautiful drive, we start going to my sister's. And uh, every year, like, 
for Thanksgiving. Uh, and before that, we used to do Thanksgiving at my Aunt Ree's house and stuff like that. And my Aunt Ree always made this really good uh, string bean casserole, mm. which was um, was still amazing. And uh, Leon, my sister Leona made it because she knew I loved it. And Tracy's going to make it because she knows I love it. It's like uh, string beans. I, I'm not even going to bother describing it, but it, it, it's like this. Uh, they put these like onion things on top. They're oh, like kind of crunchy onion. Yeah, things like yeah, yeah. That's it's like where a, it's, at. In, it's like in this uh, casserole dish, mm-hmm. and you bite into it. And it's this perfect mm. amount of soft and crunchy together. Yep. Like speaking of traditions. Uh, when I was a kid, my sister, I I would always have my sister make me her lasagna. She's half Italian, so she's she can make <laughs> Italian food. So oh. we had different dads. So she's she had to, you know, she's part Italian. So I was like, make me Italian stuff. <laughs> uh, so she would make me lasagna, which I love every year that we lived together. And then uh, you know now with me and Tracy birthday, I was like, please just make me like some kind of steak. And sweet potato. That's all I want. I don't want yeah. a birthday gift. I don't want anything. Just make me that dish, and I'll be happy. You know, material things or whatever. Just I'm. It's the the thought that goes into making me oh, that yeah. dish. So, with Thanksgiving, you know, we were already talking about. You know, we're we're not going to travel. You know, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're always traveling. And with Christmas, we do the Christmas in two states where we go up to Connecticut and uh, we would, you know, spend the night. And then, like, her mom had always did this breakfast buffet where everybody was invited, you know, friend, relative, whatever, you're invited. And then we would have that and we, you know, eat that. And then we'd leave and then go to my sister's in Jersey, South Jersey, no less. And with everybody, Christmas Day, everybody's where they got to be. The traffic's the day before, so the roads are clear. So we mm-hmm. fucking make it from East Haven, Connecticut, to South Jersey in two and a half hours, which was amazing. And then we'd have Christmas dinner with my sister. And my sister, niece, and my niece and nephew, and then great nieces and great nephews and stuff like that. But uh, with this Christmas, I mean, this year, it's just going to be us. You know, uh, we're going to stick to what we're supposed to do and is stick with us. And it'll be weird, but I think it's going to be nice just having me and her and yeah. not have to worry about the grind of traveling and being on schedule. Because, yeah. like, there'll be times where, like, <laughs> every guy who travels is set in his ways where, you know... We, you know, the, the old joke would be like, my dad th- thought he was a NASCAR driver the way, you know, I got a flat tire, somebody tie me, you know, or, you know, if you're a man and you're traveling, you're like, oh, I made it from Philly, Philly to Pittsburgh in, yeah. <laughs> in four hours instead of the normal six. It's like, this if you have a GPS, weird... you, it's not, it's not giving you a suggestion or it, it, that's it. It's just a suggestion. You know, they tell you yeah. how much time, like, that's not it. Like, I'm going to beat this GPS. That's my game GPS, plan. six hours, like, ha-ha, if you're going to speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, like, I would kind of get crumpy if, like, we didn't leave Connecticut at a certain time because I had to paste out my head and, you know, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to stop, stop for a pee break at this rest stop. Yeah. And there's this rest stop in, uh, and from any 
like when ECW ran Boston, Connecticut, uh, New York, there was always this rest stop. The boys will always stop at, and we call it the uh, Louis has a click rest stop. Because back in the day, uh, God, I wish I had one. There's one on the back of one of my laminates I found. We had, you know, the Andre the Giant has a posse sticker. Yes. Jeff Jones, who made all the ECW stuff, uh, made these Louis has a click stickers because Louis Spicoli would do this thing where he put his hands up like this, like two C's. And uh, he, it was a shout out to the girls in the ECW locker room. It was Louis Chick Click, which, was, <laughs> which is Francine, Beulah. I don't know if Kimono was there at the time. But, you know, if you ever saw Louis Piccoli do this, stand up when his introduction go like this in ECW, it yeah. was a shout out to the Chick Click. So Louis has a click. So we made the Andre the Giant posse stickers, but it was Louis' face. Louis has a click. So we went, always stopped at this one rest stop. I can't think of it. Remind me. I'll look it up. Okay. And there was a certain sign. We'd always put the Louis has a click sticker. that marked that, you know, somebody had been there. That's awesome. And if it, it was down, if we went there again and it was down, we will always have our stash and we put, put one back one. up. <laughs> like an Easter egg. Yeah. That was, that was the ECW Easter egg. That's so I'm, cool. I'm te- and like to this day... If I'm wrestling, I stop at that rest stop, and I always look at that sign to see if it's there. You know, yeah, Is I should there? just put one there. Just no, one. it's yeah. not there. I still have a stack of those stickers. You got to start the putting there again. <laughs> I like I have a stack of stickers still in the shrink wrap because being sentimental, I don't want to fucking sure. take it out and be like. I understand that. I can't let oxygen touch this. This these are still you know pristine, but uh, I think it was the. Uh, the second pay-per-view in Florida, uh, we all put the Louis. It was one of the pay-per-views. We put the Louis has a click sticker on our laminates. So if anybody saw it, you said it'd be a laminate. That's, that's on awesome. the back of it. I forgot which one it was. That's so cool. Well, yeah, if you find it, take a picture of it. We'll put it on our. Oh, I got the photo. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll post it just because yeah. I'm friends. I'm friends with Louis' sister on uh, on Facebook. So it'd be a nice look. And I saw have a. I have a uh, a cabinet, you know, where I used to keep keep all my DVDs and VHS mm-hmm. on. It's covered in stickers, like swamp candle stickers. There's an old, uh, there used to be a radio station in Philly, 95 WDRE. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's no longer around. I still have that sticker. and But I have the, uh, Louis has a click sticker on there, stuff like that. So it's always been a part of my house. But I know if it went off on a tangent here, but, like, just talk about travel. You know, you, you get into, like, you get into uh, traditions mm-hmm. while you travel. And I always stop at that st- rest stop, you know, and like uh, like I said, we travel for the holidays this year. It's the first year in 15 years. So we're not traveling somewhere. Which is, know? I'm sure, you know, you're not alone with people who, you know, have yeah. that. Uh, but, hey, we got to do what we got to do to get, get back out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the question apparently was he wanted to actually know about movies. Movies? Oh. Yeah. Do we have any like holiday movies that are our uh, go-tos? Like with Halloween, we just did like a Halloween. We tried to do a Halloween movie or a scary movie. And I, I don't know. Uh, Thanksgiving. 
maybe not really. I'm always watching football uh, Thanksgiving Day. Mm. Uh, There's one great Thanksgiving movie. What's that? Uh, one great Thanksgiving movie. It's like the only Thanksgiving movie I can think of. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, my God, yeah. That is the uh, that Quintessential. Is the What's that? The quintessential Thanksgiving yes. movie. Yes. And um, talk about travel, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you can relate to it as a as a professional wrestler or a person who's travels for who oh, traveled for a the living. The scene uh, with Steve Martin up at the uh, the desk, yeah, uh, with uh, Edie McClure from uh, Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. Yeah, um, he's a righteous dude. I'm sure. Uh, I would have hit it. I'm sure but, a lot. Uh, of, I'm sure a lot of wrestlers can relate to that to that yeah. scene. Um, Wrestling, traveling, smoking a blunt. Yeah. Um, but uh, the um, Movies for sorry, going back to memories here. Um, the uh, movies for um, the holidays for think like Christmas time and stuff. I know like we've got some um, with the kids and stuff. Like we'll watch the like the Muppet uh, Family Christmas um, yeah. that my wife used to always watch, and um, so now we watch that DVD with the kids. Um, and I'm excited as my kids are getting a little bit older. I want to be able to start bringing things in that I haven't seen in years, like Home Alone. Yeah. You know, Home Alone is something I haven't seen since I was a kid. Right. But I'm like, so I kind of need to like go back and see like, all right, is this same? Is I this ready to? Ages. Yeah, but like, I wonder, is this something where are my kids old enough that I don't know about Home Alone, but I can start, you know, sharing these these older movies? But so I don't really have. You know, other than the Muppet Family Christmas thing, it's just something that we put on for the kids. And they've got their stuff on, like, Disney Plus now. So there's, like, you know, a, a, like a Frozen Christmas and uh, this one. Have you, seen, and, have you seen Santa with Muscles? I actually have never seen Santa with Muscles. It's, it's but it's kind of good. Yeah. Kind of good. There's the Santa, Santa with Muscles that, uh, actually, I never really watched it till Tracy brought it up. And we watched it. And, uh. There's the uh, the one where Goldberg is Santa Claus. I can't remember. Oh yeah, he was like an evil Santa Claus, and that was actually pretty good. You know, yeah, I have to check I all mean, those out. I mean, gotta go through. I mean, just kinda... it's not a tearjerker, but it's, yeah, no, you know, it's not winning a, uh, an Academy Award, but by no means. But it's no. still actually pretty good. And then there's uh, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger one, Jingle All the Way. That's pretty good. Yes, Jingle All the Way is a good, with, that's with a classic, big shows in. Yeah. You know? So again, it becomes kind of thing like that's why I'm waiting. Um, to see my movies my are kind of wrestling certain... themed. Yeah, <laughs> these are the good ones. Um, yeah, I see when my kids reach a certain age, you know, start kind of showing them more of these. But um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, Travis wants to know what's the most bizarre gimmick match you've ever been a part of. Bizarre gimmick match, probably the reverse battle royal. Off the top of my head, because, uh, and that was one of the shows, I, you know, I was on with Raven and Stevie, which there's like a trilogy of matches, which is like the furthest thing you should call them, that like a trilogy of shows where me and Stevie Nova, I mean, me and Stevie were one that led to me being invited to ECW. But uh, it was a show in in a horse barn in West Virginia, and one of the boards had broke in the ring, and they were like, look, the main event of a show was going to be a battle royal, which 
if you're a wrestler and they, they throw in the battle royal last, you almost yeah, that's not. almost like a telltale sign that you're about to get stiffed on pay because like while we're raising a ring, the promoter's running out the back door with the uh, the gate receipts. So, but uh, this one, the, the board broke, and they're like, well, we can't have everybody in the ring at the same time or the ring will collapse. We're going to do the reverse battle royal where the first person in the ring, we brawl around rings and the first person yes. in the ring wins the battle royal. <laughs> and he had all these fucking professional wrestlers who are acting like they've never gotten in a ring before. Just like, oh, <laughs> somebody cut me off. So oh. that might have been like the most bizarre that's crazy. A uh, gimmick match, unattend- unintentionally booked, but became a necessity for the sake of the show and the sake of the guy's ring. You know? um, James Sorensen writes, uh, what do you guys think of these WWE championship titles getting uh, customized for superstars, the replicas? And I think we talked about that on a show before. We did, because I was trying to look up that Randy Savage one you said, I couldn't, and I couldn't find it. Let me see. I'm going to look it up while you're talking about it. But it, what we, uh, um, I don't like as a as a collector, I don't mind it, but as like maybe a real belt, like yeah, yeah, the smoke of skull belt was go good. The the rocks, Brahma bull belt that was cool. Uh, I hated the Cena spinner. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, I don't mind them. Uh, I I think it's if it's if if the character's unique enough, I think they should you know maybe have their own belt. You know, uh, they had the Matt Hardy belt in, I mean, the uh, Jeff Hardy belt in TNA, the, uh, that customized belt. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, you know, shit, you know, I got the BWO belt behind me. Uh, I'm not against it, but, uh, you know, it, the Bray Wyatt belt was kind of, I love that character, but that belt but that was, was like a hard sell. Yeah. Uh, a hard sell, it was like seven grand. Right. It was insane. Uh, but if they I found, so I've only found a plate. YouTube video of someone doing a review on this belt, but I'll be I'll hold it up. I'll be able to show it to you. Yeah, send it to um, me too. But here we go. So this is. Oh, where am I? I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. See what I mean? Where it had kind of that like yeah. intercontinental shape to it, and yeah, so it's not bad. Yeah, I. I the, think, how much did that one run? Uh, I don't know. Um, and it comes with, in this case, it comes with a bandana and glasses. That's not and bad. it's like That's a giant, cool. like, almost looks like a glasses case. Um, the side, one side plate looks like an ice cream bar. Yeah, so here's, I don't know if you can see the side, the side plates, they're pretty much... They're On like purple uh, leather. That's a that's a nice touch with the purple leather. Yeah, the purple leather, and then you'll see all the way. I'll show you here. And they got the um, stars in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then this cool back plate, which is signature, and it says "Dig It" on it on the back. But you see that? Hey, I, it's yeah, cool. I like that. It's cool stuff. I, so my feeling is, and and I'm sorry, you know, to everyone who's not watching this, but. Uh, Look it up on New Macho Man Randy Savage Legacy Championship Title Replica Belt Review by Hazard F5 is who is what I was just looking at. That's the video. Or on join our Patreon. Yeah, or join <laughs> our Patreon and see for yourself. Um, yeah. But uh, 
No, I like that. That's pretty cool. That I think is really cool. I hate yeah. when they wear them. I love them as like what your BWO one is. Like I love it as I'll never here, wear that to the ring. Right. Here is a belt that is representative of a portion of my career or my career as a right. whole or whatever it is. Like I've talked so many times I want to get And that was that belt was inspired by Al Snow Al Snow's got a job squad belt. Yeah. And I've talked about I wanted my like so says Chernoff one with like the big S in the middle and then have uh, like a mind of the meanie side plate and a so says Chernoff an alternative commentary. All these different things that I've done to represent that aspect of like to look at it and represent my career in that way. Yeah. For me, not for people to buy, but just for me. I love that idea. I hate the custom belts when they cut. I hated the smoking skull belt when really? Stone Cold had it. I hated it. Now, had they been selling it, I would have thought that's pretty cool looking. I think I thought they did though. Oh yeah, no. I mean, you can buy that as a replica and everything. Oh like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't worry. I don't hate the the belt itself, the design or anything like that. But to me, it was like I don't know. I almost looked at them being like, well, you don't. When they have the replica or where they have their own custom belt, it makes me think of like the, the lineage of the million dollar belt, which was he's going to make his own championship. Like there's Stone Cold won the WWF title. Right. He should be carrying around the WWF title, not right. some smoking skull thing. And nothing pisses me off more than when I want to say it was like The Undertaker was wearing the the uh, smoking skull belt. Right. Like when he won it or something. I don't know what it was. Whatever the case. And that was why when the first person who beat Cena, which I don't even know if that was Edge or whatever, with the maybe that was Edge who beat him with the spinner. And they made it like a spinner thing with him. And I the only time I thought it was, it was kind of cool for like a little gag was when the Miz won it and he turned and he locked it in upside down. Because yeah. that really worked. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, you've got, to me, that was John Cena's belt. So as soon as, like, you look back at, like, WrestleMania, and there's Triple H, you know, you get a shot of him spitting the water out, wearing John Cena's belt. It's weird. It didn't make any right. sense. And the fact that that belt was around longer than the winged eagle and the big eagle uh, combined like is absurd to me that that belt I'm, was around I'm, for I'm, so long. This might be a controversial take, but I hated the Big Eagle belt. Really? I did not like that belt. Well, especially when it first came out. Which one? I was going to say, which one? The blue one or the Attitude Era? I hated the big blue one, which is, sounds weird to me. Yeah. Weird for me to say something. I hate something blue, but I was such a winged eagle mark. The fact that that belt took away my winged eagle belt. I felt the exact same way when it became the Attitude Era and it was the black strap and the scratch logo. I liked that one a little that bit better. I started that I I liked uh I liked that one a lot. I still always wanted the winged eagle to come back though. Yeah, same here. Um, Cuz I thought that belt was would have been per- that belt was made for Stone Cold Steve Austin that winged winged eagle belt. Yeah, and he j- and that was it. He, he had it for he had it for the day and then they switched it over. I want to say the next day. The next night, yeah. I was so mad. That that made me hate the big eagle belt. And maybe that's why I like the smoke and skull belt a little bit better because it wasn't the winged eagle. Uh, it was the big eagle. Belt. Yeah. 
Which the winged eagle belt is almost like redundant. Yeah, eagles got wings. I know the winged eagle. Wings, um, yeah. but, but I mean, I, I, dude, that I love that. Belt I, so I, much. The idea of the winged eagle is because it's the wings come up out yeah, of the you I know. know and create the yeah. But no, I've heard yeah. that the winged eagle. It's like yeah, as opposed to the smart marking me and going oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course winged eagles have wings. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to refer to it as the beaked eagle belt. The beak. The, the beak the eagle. Taloned uh, yeah. Um, Does I have talons? But no, I... I <laughs> Does I have large talons? Um, but I Sounds always... Like um, I always loved, like... I don't know. There were some, some belts Did I did I throw you off there? What? Did I throw you off your uh, thought there with yeah. the uh, Napoleon The Napoleon Dynamite? Dynamite? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always loved the... Uh, the winged eagle belt. I love that time period. The tag belts. The I always said the '97. I've told this story before. Where I was tell, telling, uh, I was talking to Dave Milliken, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, you know what?" When he was like offering me uh, to sell me a ring used Intercontinental title, and I was like, "Listen," I was like, "If it was the 1997 era, like the one that like uh, The Rock and Stone Cold and Owen Hart, like that whole time period, it's like if it was the '97 one, uh, man, I I might really be." Steve Austin's it. got that one. Yeah, well, so, well, I guess I'm never getting it. But uh, but I uh, I was like, man, I was like, something about that one, for whatever reason, same design. I was like, but something about the gold, something about the paint color. It's like, I just loved it. I loved that Intercontinental. He's like, yeah, yeah Joe Marshall was making them at that point. And I'm like, but I mean, they, of course, they never were as good as the, <laughs> you know, the ones you yeah. were making. Yeah. Uh, it was just the, it must have just been because it was the time period. Um, but yeah, I backpedaled uh, very quickly. Um, but no, I like heard those. The, I like all of you those. You heard the Flintstone feet yeah. as you backpedaled. Um, I never, um, I mean, the belts today in WWE are just, they go from meh to hot garbage. Like, yeah. Uh, and to me, like, you know, some people go, it's a belt. doesn't really matter. It's a belt. Or I'm sorry, a championship. Um, but here's, here's my big issue with it. It is a championship. Yeah. Who works their entire career, dedicates their life, and sacrifices their body for something that looks like a piece of shit. Right. Like, it should look like, like AEW's belt, that is a belt that, when you've worked your ass off your whole life and you win that belt, that's the one that I feel like you'd go to your family and your friends and you know, the, 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 the school children in your, in your neighborhood and you're showing this is what dreams can, can come true and you can achieve this, this beautiful hunk of platinum gold and whatever. And I also, and I understand that that's much more gaudy than, than the winged Eagle belt. But the winged eagle. I wouldn't even like, say it's gaudy. I wouldn't say it's gaudy. Well, I mean, gaudy in the sense that it has like all the stones and all the things. Oh, you know, okay. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's beautiful. I think it's it reminds amazing. Me, it reminds me of the old uh, Mid South North American title. Yes, in the design big, of the, how it's yeah, yeah and how yeah. it's like very tall and then kind of uh, oh, tapers It's almost down. like a bulletproof vest. Yeah, you know, somebody um, shooting at you. Know, pull, let me pull my belt up. Yeah, uh, like uh, I look forward to like Matt Seidel winning it one day. How the hell he's gonna wear that um but the awa uh, belt looked like an old turkey platter <laughs> it did it was so flat and like nothing yeah. uh just etched in a little bit but no i just i don't know to me a championship belt should look you know the wwe world title prestigious uh, 
is prestig- like I I think their current belt it works. I'm not. It's not my favorite thing because it's so. At bland. first, I didn't like it. At first, I didn't like it either. But I get it now. I look and I go, okay, it's you're the WWE champion, the Universal. Title. Don't even get me started on the stupidity of a Universal Championship. But yeah. the the WWE title. I look at that and I say, okay, WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. Right. So you have this belt that shows everybody this I am the WWE champion. This is, right. you know, to me, like I look at that, I go, okay, like that, that works for me. Um, but the other ones, like I just, they're not like the intercontinental is just bland as all hell. I saw somebody, uh, I wish I would have called the universal title, just the universe title. He represents the WWE universe or something like that. Yeah. You know, but then it's universal. Like, but here's the thing, universal or, uh, universe or whatever you want it to be. So, that I mean, and I'm a big fan of the old UWF where they had the Universal Heavyweight Champion, Universal Universal Wrestling Federation. Well, but that's the thing; it was the Universal Wrestling Federation. Wrestling Federation, yeah. So it, it made sense, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I just I, I don't I don't get the like the Universal title. It's like okay, so you're the champion of the universe, therefore you should not be equal to the world champion. Right. Because you're the champion of the entire universe. Yeah, man. Which also is ridiculous because... Defend that shit on Mars. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You got a well, bunch Matt of Martians Damon out there who, who are half hot. What's that? Yeah. While well, Matt Damon makes his shit potatoes. <laughs> I didn't even uh, see that movie. I just know he makes potatoes out of shit or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I actually have an audio of him creating that. Um. <laughs> True story. So, uh, I have a button on here for applause, and every time um, I see it, I think it says applesauce. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I I popped myself with that. What's the part about apple butter? I don't know why I'm wheezing so much. Dude, I am uh, my allergy. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there you go. Let me see oh if boy. I can make a new button for oh you. Oh, boy. That was almost as good. Not as good as my morning ones before I take a piss in the morning, but... We're gonna have to. We're gonna hop. You're gonna have to hop on like straight out of bed. <laughs> I, I get so much heat in the morning just for the ones I drop in the morning. Oh man, um, brother. Um, Anthony Camarada is saying I have never understood the undisputed title. If it's undisputed, what's all the fighting for? Well, Shout the undisputed George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the yeah, but the undisputed. Obviously, I guess he's making a joke, but. Uh, well, that was a George Carlin bet when he talked about, you know, the, the, the undisputed world boxing championship. Well, if it's so undisputed, what's all the fighting yes. for? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, good point. Um, they're talking about the... Uh, Sean Jones says, I have an FNU uh, big gold, a white IC, and ROH championship that's signed nice. by Punk. Sweet. That's nice. Tremendous. Um, I'm such a belt mark. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, I just, you know, I know we kind of went into the weeds here on, on this one question about it, but I, I, I love 
belts and it's so I could talk about championship belts for so long, which seems so weird. What like what a weird thing to be obsessed yeah. with, but I love it. I absolutely shout out love. to Conrad uh, Thompson because he's going to have something over an ad free shows. Yeah, shout out to them. With uh, um, they, they're gonna have something with Dave Milliken and the yeah. belts and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I mean, some people would refer to it as the idea that Calvin and I came up with while we were driving back from Starcast, and apparently we waited too long to do it. Uh, but no, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll get Andrew uh, from uh, Wildcat Belts on our show. Yeah, talk about come on now, because he's making the current WWE belts. He is. He is. Yeah. Um, What's up with the Velcro, man? Yeah, the Velcro. Hey, the Velcro is not. Not their choice, the belt maker's choice, you know. Um, if you ever get a chance, have Milliken tell you the story of the 36 straight hour session to get the AEW belt finished. He has told me that, actually. Yes, same um, here. I almost shed a tear for him when Jericho lost the belt. Oh, my uh, God. And I don't mean when he was defeated. I mean when he straight up lost the belt or yeah. had it stolen or whatever the hell happened with that thing. Uh, story all I'm thinking, everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, Jericho. All I'm thinking is Dave, poor Dave Milliken just got a phone call. Yeah. That we need the, you know, dude, I, uh, but then Milliken, I mean, I know he made another one, um, but, uh, but he was also, cause he showed me the, um, uh, the AEW women's title. Yeah. Um, and he was still finishing it in the hotel room. Uh, the afternoon of the show when they debuted. Wow. So like he, like. That's a beautiful belt too. Yeah. And a lot of the things that kind of, you know, will set him back is, you know, he'll work on some of it, but then he has to send it off somewhere to get like, you know, um, plated and stuff that, you know, and it's all a matter of when do you get it back and when, you know, so it, it's, I'm very excited to watch that, um, to watch yeah. that thing. And, and just, uh, it's amazing though. The, the, I love. We should get Andrew on the thing and talk about belts and stuff like that. We should do that. Oh my god, yeah, definitely. Mm. Hey, here's I'll, an I'll idea. Try, I'll try to line that up. Yeah, if we hit one thousand YouTube subscribers, yeah. we will bring him because you can't have that just be audio. We will bring him on for a special YouTube thing, and maybe we'll even keep him for a, a Patreon only Q and A. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do on that a, on a on a. So, so, well, tier. well, uh, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, have a, a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's write I'll that down. Um, write that down right now, so we don't forget. No uh, pressure. Yeah. And he how, has many, no how, how far are we away from a thousand now? We are. Uh, let's see. Nope. Speaking of pressure, making you look that up on the spot. Well, right now I'm I'm I'm, I'm just typing in. So a thousand. What have we decided here? A thousand YouTube subscribers. We should raise the bar on that, but I just want to get to a thousand at this point. Yeah. A thousand YouTube subscribers. We'll have him on from wildcat belts for a, uh, a bonus YouTube show. And then we will do a, a Patreon Q and a with him. If he agrees to this, uh, we knows nothing about this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, uh, you're going to do this. Yeah. And James Sorensen wants a mind of the meanie championship title. He says he'd buy a replica of it. Uh, here's the thing though. If we got someone to make that, it wouldn't really be a replica. It would be like an actual championship belt. Cause yeah. I, mean, I guess we could ask him to make like, what's your cheapest kind of belt? Like, Oh, he does. Look, he does the, he does do like kind of like a, a economy. He does, uh, like, um, say, uh, 
like fantasy football belts or stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. He can make know. those. You know, that could be something. Belts. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe we'll throw that in on like a uh, super high tier. There's something. Like you that. know, something something like that. Um, we're at 955 subscribers, so we're oh, 45 so, yeah. away. Okay. So if you're listening to this, you have not subscribed to youtubecom slash meanie. Go right now, and you will get this. Uh, little exclusive um well here's the thing. sean jones I mean, would buy a mind that. of the meanie belt uh-oh meanie <laughs> we need to start we need to start talking yeah uh i mean we have a thousand followers on twitter and i see the numbers yeah of our more downloads. than that we have more than that on uh various social media platforms yeah we can easily we have more than that listening so come on just go yeah, if not? everyone listening to our show went and subscribed to YouTube, we would absolutely have more than a thousand. So that's why when we keep talking to you, we know someone's listening who has not subscribed. Yeah, so, like I watch uh, RJ City's live streams, and it'll be like he has like say sixty people. I'll tell you, sixty people watching, and there's only like thirty likes. He's like, are people watching this who hate it? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Throw some lights on there. Uh, why don't you? Um, all right. So let's go. We're going to jump over to some other Ask Me Any questions here that were on Twitter. Um, let's see what we've got here. Um, King Buka nice. at Buka Mania 89. Uh, if you could book your own ECW reunion show, what matches would you have on the card? How about what's the main event of your own ECW reunion show? Main event would be... I don't know that we have time to book the entire show. <laughs> yeah, because I would a little one long-winded on some of the other answers. Um, what would I like to see? Uh, I would assume it's every incarnation pre-WWF. Yeah. Um, there's so much, so much there. Uh, would have to be. Yeah, I'd love to get Eddie Gilbert in there somehow. I don't know why Eddie Gilbert stuck in my head. So I know Eddie and uh, Terry Funk headline the the one show, and it's a bloodbath. But uh, <clears throat> maybe a three way dance: Eddie Gilbert, Cactus Jack, and Sabu. I wow. think that could be uh, a pretty good match. Yeah, uh, Eddie Gilbert and, and everyone's in their prime in this in this scenario. Everyone's, you know, that would be like a tribute to because I'm again I'm unapologetically Philadelphia. Eddie Gilbert and Cactus Jack had a legendary feud in the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance mm-hmm. uh, that made you know got them national headlines. So that would be a a, a tip of the head to try their Tri-State feud. And then you would have Sabu and Cactus would be a, a tip of the hat to their ECW feud. Mm. And then you'd get the dream match of Eddie Gilbert versus Sabu, Sabu. which has yeah. never been done as far as I know. Uh, I know they've been on shows before in Tri-State because tri- uh, Sabu was on the Tri-State shows in like Battle Royals and stuff because he drove in with the Sheik and stuff like that. So they've been on shows together, but I don't think they've ever actually wrestled each other. So to see Sabu versus... Eddie Gilbert would be uh, pretty cool. Johnny at Johnny Rassel. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. I think you're a, a new listener and possibly even a Patreon member. Um, thoughts on chair shots to the head in 2020. And before we go into that, 
Well, <laughs> first, give me your thoughts on it. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Cody Rhodes was just talking recently about the failed uh, gimmicked chair, so to speak. So, and his yeah, I'm it. not a not a fan of uh, chair shots to the head. Uh, you know, when I was a fan, I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. before you before you get into the business and before you take an actual <laughs> chair shot, you're all for him as a fan, right? Oh, they, they look so badass. But as a wrestler and somebody, you know, who's taken a chair shot, and I know I've seen what they've done to friends. Yeah. Not a big fan. Uh, and if you put your hand up, you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> There's this, always this stigma of you're, you're, you know, a pussy if you put your hand up for a chair shot. So nah, I never, uh, big, and I never, not, not, there's things I never, well, I never understood that. Like, I know it's like this, like, oh, you got to be macho and tough in a business where the art of, being right. being a good professional wrestler is being able to make something look like it was the most painful thing and make it hurt the least. Right. So that's the I sign never, of a true professional. Yeah. I never understand it's honestly why I never really like chops, to yeah. be honest. Because chops are like, okay, where's the art? Right. You know, like where's the art in that? Like it's it's so I don't know. I think um I don't know. I chair shots so Cody was recently on podcast um, for AEW, and he was talking about that chair shot that did not work out well. Um, right. And, you know, he, what happened was apparently was the angle in which he was hit was right. the top of the chair sliced him in the back of the head. Okay. Which that, has happened to me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's obviously a dangerous thing. But he really gave you kind of behind the scenes of how that chair, that it was not a fake chair, but it was a gimmick chair. He had them sand it down. So they sanded it down underneath to the point where it's basically, as he described it, like a cookie sheet. Yeah. And a cookie sheet is not going, I mean, anyone who has ever wrestled around with their friends probably grabbed a cookie sheet at some point and, you know, hit each other. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, right. I mean, you can get some really thick ones, but, you know, but in, but in essence, you know, I mean, you're not going to get a concussion. You're not going to get neck damage. You're not going to have, you know, it's not going right. to happen from a cookie sheet to the head, right. but it's going to sound amazing and all that stuff. His concept on it was it's part of entertainment and storytelling that, you know, they should be able to, if they can do it in a safe way, they should be able to hit over the head because if you look at other television shows out there and stuff. Nobody's like, Oh, you can't, you know, look, you have TV shows. They're shooting each other in the face, you know, like it's that fine line, that balance of, okay, well we're entertainment. So shouldn't we be able to do anything anyone else is doing? And then it's like, so I got the idea of it. What do you think about, um, how do you think that would work if we were to be able to bring chair shots back in, in a safe manner like that? Uh, I guess the only safe matter is, you know, back shots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I would never do a chair shot to the head. Any, I, uh, even I the never, shave uh, down thing? Even the... Yeah, I that's the funny thing is I, I noticed it was something was different about the chair just yeah. from the way the light hit it. You know, you could tell it was gimmicked. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't do it. Uh, there, There's also other ways bef- besides doing the flat thing. I would always put my hand up like up in a fist and kind of like punch the chair. So it still make that thud sound. Mm-hmm. Like I would just like duck my head down and punch up. I've seen the, at the chair. forearm. I would do the forearm sometimes instead no, of the just straight up punch. The boom. You know, yeah, I would. 
you can't see. Yeah, I mean, Patreon oh, yeah. folks can see it. Where I would just go like that and put my my fist on top of my head, and it wouldn't make contact with my head at all. But yeah, I would still get that thud sound instead of like you seeing people taking the back, you know, the nasty plunge while their hands are up and playing patty cake with yeah. it. Always thought punching it, you know. So yeah, it's still you get sound like you got hit. But you know? I always used to look at it too. Um, to me, you know, you've had the the. If you look at any of like today's like um, we'll call it hardcore wrestling today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, you look at them and there's this like, and it's it was back in the day too. You would you would see this in ECW and and WWF and stuff. You have the people where they would just stand there to take that chair shot. Yeah. You know, and I always looked at it and thought like, there's not the most realistic version is the guy who puts his hands up. You know, you talked about of taking that, that plunge, putting their hands up, but legitimately, if this That's is what real... a normal human being would do. Yeah, if this is real, and your opponent in a wrestling match has decided to grab a folding chair from the outside and charge at you to smash you over your skull with a, he- with, with a chair... Right. In real life, you would be like, the fuck? And you'd put your hands up and be like, dude, what are you doing? So to me, that always seemed like... Like it, you should put your hands up. It's more believable to me that you put your hands up, yeah. you know? Um, oh, absolutely. And then, like you said, being able to punch it. Well, there, now you got that. Now you've protected yourself. You've made this that sickening sound. Yeah. And you make the crowd think to themselves like, oh, man, I know he put his hand up to try to protect himself, but shit, that sound... I think that may have just... <laughs> that, that may I've, have just I've taken seen, his head I've, off. I've seen that people do different tricks... I'm not even going to say what they are, but to make people think that somebody really got hit for shooting, mm-hmm. there's ways around it. And like yeah. you said, you know, somebody, you see somebody come at you with a chair, then naturally you should put your hands up, yeah. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with chair shots to the head. Like imagine you're watching UFC, right? And they're in a fight and they're coming out of the corner and the dude grabs his stool, you know, and uh, not a sample, not a stool sample, but his, his legit stool. And he comes oh, yeah. and swings it at his uh, opponent. Well, that opponent is going to put his hands up. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Um, he's also going to put his hands up when he's getting punched. Yeah, that's, that's what, what you do in an actual... I was taught, that was something I was taught in, you know, wrestling school yeah. and by veterans. If somebody's, you know, throwing you up in the corner, at least look like you're trying to put your hands up and, like, they got through on the time your hands were down or yeah. whatever. Somebody puts your hands up... Hit them in the stomach. Their hands go down to their stomach. Punch them in the face. Yeah, just try a little extra effort. Make, make it, it look make little, it believable. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, good question though. Excellent. Um, uh, Grapehausen at <laughs> Primetime Grape. Uh, what brand of Daisy Dukes are your favorite and why? Well, we already there is a uh, on YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. There is a tutorial by Mrs. Meanie and the Blue Meanie about how to make the Daisy Dukes. You don't buy yes. them as Daisy Dukes. Um, and I believe you talk about what pants, but if you'd like to share with everybody. Uh, whatever's the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and preferably uh, gray or black. Uh, yeah, I figure I'm not going to go out and buy a $100 pair of jeans to uh, whatever. But like in the, the, nor- the there's a local clothing store called Foreman Mills, which... Used to be next to the Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There used to be one next to the Subaru Arena, and that one was infamous for, like, if anybody was doing, like, 
you know, if the public enemy were going to do a barbed wire match with the Funks, they go over there and buy the cheapest clothes just to wear because they knew it was going to be torn mm-hmm. up and get blood all over it. <laughs> yeah, and that's where, I, you know, I basically at my uh, DC group said something cheap and fitting, you know. So, um, there's no there's no science to it. James Sorensen is still, uh, uh, he's now put on social media. Uh, can we get a Sosa Chernoff championship? And, or can we also get a Sosa Chernoff championship and an alternative commentary championship? And he tell you Wildcat belts. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we appreciate that. I would love these championships to just show up in the mail. Uh, <laughs> you know, show up on my doorstep. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of have to look at it when you're selling stuff. Uh, is there a market for it? And right. while we very much believe that there is a market for watching alternative commentary with us on Fight TV, and we will be back there on November 22nd for Survivor Series, uh, I don't know that there's a market for an alternative commentary championship belt. Not yet, at least. I don't think there's a market for uh, a So Says Chernoff belt. Uh, not yet, at least. Um, perhaps a Mind of the Meanie belt. Maybe there is a market for it. Uh, I Look, Hey, you're Patreon, so why don't, if we can get uh, Wildcat to do this, we'll uh, do the Q&A and maybe find out. We'll all just have a real uh, business meeting there in the Q&A and uh, a <laughs> little Zoom meeting and, and say, hey, what, what does this look like? Uh, how cheap would these belts be? What is that, you know? Because, um, yeah. dude, if it's affordable for us to produce and can get it to you at a price that you're comfortable paying... I will get every last bit of merchandise out of this show as I possibly can. I think Mean is the same <laughs> way. We don't want to rip you off, and we don't want to go broke trying to provide something for you. But if it's something that we can create, dude, we have action figures. Yeah. You know, which, again, go to cellotoys.net or Instagram at jbtoys1 uh, if you're in the States. Uh, last question here, Meanie. Yes. Um, all right, uh, Edgar Allan Lovecraft. Um, if you could form a new BWO with any of the talent out there today, who would the members be? We may have gotten this question once before. Um, yeah. So he's trying to trick me to say something different. Yeah. Uh, and go, ha ha, I got gotcha. you. Caught you in a lie. Uh, who's out there, man? I like that dude Puff that's been on uh, AEW. TV, he's a indie guy from upstate New York who uh, I worked a couple shows in Canada with. He's a good dude. Um, a lot of good talent out there. I mean, I always would love to do someone with Horn or two, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to hold him hold him to a faction. <laughs> um, there's plenty of good talent. I bet. Dan Housen, maybe. Uh, <laughs> just for the sheer comedy of yeah, it all. No, he's he's very nice, very scary. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I would definitely invite <laughs> RJ City to be a member to BWO. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. There's so many good. Ten- it, it would have definitely have to be you know. You know, comedy. Yeah, not strictly comedy, but you know, comedy based. You know, mm-hmm. enough oh, to sure. be entertaining. You know, and get some. Uh, some good laughs and, you know, make people happy, you know. So We'll, we'll do one yep. last one last question here. Uh, I know sure. I said that would be the last, but then Travis popped up here on our live feed. Uh, any memories from November to remember 96 
I loved your cutoff suit. That jacket got destroyed Tommy Boy style. Yeah, that was that was the night ECW, uh, that's the night we debuted as the BWO. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize we came out again that night and as like uh, commentators to uh, do live play-by-play on Ravens match. Uh, I wish we had more time, uh, like we more of a heads up. Like we found out a couple of days before we were doing that. So we just went out to, and bought like the cheapest suits we can find and stuff and cut them up. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more time to uh, prepare. Like give me a, like a two weeks to work on that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> figure out what we're going to do. But then again, you're doing live play. And that gave me a whole new perspective. You didn't have Mrs. Meany back then. Yeah. If you had had Mrs. Meany back then, she would have whipped together some some sort of outfit. Would have been incredible. But uh, yeah, it gave me a new appreciation for how people call matches and stuff like that on the fly. You know, we're just like, oh, what do we say? But uh, it was cool. Uh, 96, you know, special place. uh, uh, Our boy from Northern California was there. Uh, yeah. Wow. Captain Stonewash uh, was there. Yeah. So I think he, he shit on my uh, moonsault or something. I went to moonsault so th- through a table. Yeah. Well, and, I uh, mean. It didn't the, quite break it, but like did the old hit and pulled the table and rolled with it. But that was actually your fault because you had uh, hours and hours of footage of him doing that same move that you could have been studying yeah. Um. To learn exactly how that move is supposed to be done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was a good show. <laughs> November, I, November to remember has a special place in my heart because I debuted for ECW November to remember '95. Mm-hmm. So a year in, and you know, a year almost a year to the event. You know, we we launched and did our uh, biggest thing you know with the bwo which we still talk about today and like i said there's a belt over my shoulder to uh commemorate that because it's probably the cool one of the coolest things i've ever gotten to to do and i can't make a kiss belt because you know i get sued so yeah yeah well uh lawsuits aside um i think the bwo belt is awesome Uh, i think it works for you, I do think that uh, if you ever wanted to, I think thank God mean- for thank God for parody law. So. Yeah, I think a meanie belt um, that comes up with the hair up and comes with the beard down, so it's almost like yeah, you know, I think something like that would be awesome. Yeah. I personally would love a mind of the meanie belt, um, but I don't know that that's uh, that's a couple of years down the yeah, line. Yeah, we're a few years down the line there. Hey, we did not have, ep- not episode thirty four down I was gonna the say, line. But we uh we we announced action figures in I think episode thirty two. So we're we're moving pretty quickly here. But uh yeah, that's yeah. uh belt's a little bit more uh heftier. Um uh hey, Vanessa Bello says, hey, just got a chance to jump on. Well, we appreciate you being here. Uh but I have terrible news because <laughs> <laughs> this is uh that's our show um yeah i mean that's it that's it for uh uh ask meanie thank you everybody for the questions make sure to go to our youtube uh now that we have decided whether um uh the the fine people at at wildcat belts want to or not uh if we hit 1000 we're gonna do we're gonna do that uh that video with them yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, and then a, a Q&A for our Patreon. Whether he likes it or not. Yes. Um, and hey, that will be on our Patreon um, 
one of our new tiers. But I'm going to say right now, we'll do that Q&A. We'll be on one of the higher tiers. However, whereas the Fink would say, however, um, yeah. we, uh, if, you're, if you're an OG Pod Squad member uh, before December 1st, uh, you are invited to that Q&A. So let's, uh, so even if you don't upgrade to that tier, that that's, uh, and I think that that's a lot of what's going to happen. Some OG members are just going to get a little bit of a, you know, the proverbial hookup from time to yeah. time. Um, yeah. up, you know, man. yeah, sup. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, that's all she wrote. Yeah. Sorry, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> so anticlimactic. Uh, hey, you know what? We're gonna wrap it up here, but we can hang on for maybe five seconds uh, afterwards. Uh, I don't know, Meanie. Do you have to go? Oh, we'll find out later. Yeah, later. Find out oh. if you join. Uh, if you join Patreon, you'll find out if Meanie had to go, uh, or just, uh, or just, I guess, listen closely. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man. Well, Meanie, this has been another awesome episode. This was a lot of fun today. I felt a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of energy Good. in the room. There's a lot of great energy. Yes, uh, and like and like everything, it's tapered off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, thank you everybody so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, we are we are constantly blown away by the support from everybody, uh, Patreon or not. Uh, we appreciate every single person who listens to us, uh, listens to the Absolutely. show, and supports the show. Um, but if you're interested in being a part of that Patreon, get in now while you can. Go to patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie uh, and join us there, won't you? Uh, also, follow us on social media. We are at mindofthemeanie across the board uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and follow us as individuals as well. He is at Blue Meanie BWO on all three of those platforms, and I am at So Says Chernoff. Uh, Meanie, remind everybody of your cameo. Uh, if you would like a birthday wish, a holiday wish, or any kind of wish, go to cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO, and uh, I will uh, gladly uh, say hello. I'm uh, five stars across the board, just like Mind of the Meanie. Just like Mind uh, of the Meanie. Just like Mind of the Meanie. So uh, if you, uh, for any occasion, even if it's just say, hey, what's up? Hit me up over at uh, Cammy. Well, yeah, uh, I guess that's it then. Um, <laughs> I got to get better at ending these shows. I feel <laughs> like I'm always like, well, that's it. Uh, okay. It's, it's almost like I don't want to end and we're trying to drag it out. You know, yeah. it's be so much fun. Yeah. But you know what? It'll continue to be fun next week for episode 35. So join us again next Monday for another trip into the mind of the moon. Blue World Order. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 